Hello and welcome to the We Are Geeks Horror channel and our Child's Play Retrospective podcast, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films that are currently in production through our publisher, We Are Tessellate. We Are Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! 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 Hello and welcome back to the We Are Geeks Horror Channel where every single week we take you through another episode in a horror retrospective franchise. This week we're beginning a new show. We just got off the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with our Texas Chainsaw wrap-up last week. And now we're beginning a little film called Child's Play. Uh, so, actually, let me introduce who's here first. I'm your host on all of these, Al White. And joining me, we have Alexander Chard. Hello! Who people will know you from Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, but they'll also be hearing you possibly right now at this moment on the Star Wars Mm-hmm. Uh, also joining us, Alison Holland. Hello. And you're coming fresh off a of Texas Chainsaw with me, from one horror yep. franchise to another. Um, yes, so both this views, is my life. Actually, you know what? So, okay, so when we do these, we like to, first of all, just kind of say, why are we doing this series? And uh, yeah, what kind of made us pick this one? Um, so when we started doing horror franchise series, obviously... I'm a big slasher fan, so all the slasher big icons were up there. The good big meaty franchises to get into. Um, Friday the 13th we did, Nightmare on Elm Street we did, Texas we did. But we found out, because we do this every Friday, and when we're doing scheduling earlier in the year, we found out both Child's Play and Texas had new films that were coming out in the same month, uh, in October of 2017. And we had to pick which one to do to lead up to the actual week of release. And it was actually kind of difficult to decide which one to do. So we, but we ended up doing Texas because, Allison, where are you from? I am from Texas. Barely. So we've, we've favored that show. Um, which is unfair which, because I'm from Child's Play. <laughs> <laughs> you win some, you lose some, Alex. Uh, well, that yeah, it backfired on us as well because Leatherface then suddenly at the last minute decided to get a direct-to-TV <laughs> direct tv <laughs> showing like two weeks before it came out in cinemas so our whole fucking scheduling <sighs> went to shit they didn't even consult with us first i know right it's very very rude uh whereas cult of shucky came out as expected um but yeah so i appreciate it. we're a little bit behind now by the time we get to cult of shucky it will have been out um for a couple of months on the netflixes uh but we hope that you'll still be here to join us on this journey through all <laughs> seven movies Unless you listen to this way in the future, because as always, these are pacts. And Alison, you've gotten yourself into too many pacts. Because when there's a new Danny yep. Boyle film, you're in. When there's a new Invasion of the Body Snatchers film, you're in. When there's a new They Texas, better not do that. You've already told us they're doing that. They're already doing it. Or there has been of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, it's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the series. <laughs> you're happy for more Texas Chainsaw, but not another Invasion? Yeah, because there's already been an excellent Invasion. There has not been an amazing... Leatherface Tex- <laughs> or Texas Chainsaw. Spoilers, but that is true. Um, <laughs> there have been excellent there moments. Are, this, that, <laughs> yeah. 
we just yeah we just did a wrap up Alex on that and uh, see, uh, there were some controversial yeah, decisions from up. Ali and <laughs> Justin <laughs> really our yeah. lists were all over the place yeah that's a show that's a series where everyone has a different order other than the top two which are basically the same uh, but we won't yeah. spoil that people can go and listen uh, to our wrap up so we're doing Child's Play now when I decided to do Child's Play this is a series which I'm, we like to get people for the show. We get to like to have one person who's a fan who's seen them all, one person who's sort of in the middle um, and has seen some, and then one person who's completely fresh. I I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm the fan. I have seen them all before. Um, some I've liked, some I haven't. We'll get to it when we get to it. Um, <laughs> but when I put out the call for this to see who was interested, I didn't think anyone would be interested in Charles' play, to be honest. Um, but I was kind of surprised. We had quite a few people. Alex was the first. You jump straight in. Do you want to explain to people <laughs> your relationship with this series? Have you seen them all? Why did you want to do it? Uh, I haven't seen them all, but if if any of you have listened to um, our Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective, I've sort of come into this retrospective in very much the same way in that Chucky, like Freddy, I guess was the first sort of iconic horror monster villain that I remember from my childhood. Um, and I also remember a very specific moment. Um, and I was trying to figure this out earlier, just sort of roughly the timeline. Um, it must have been Child's Play 2 or Child's Play 3. It's when I was living in Indonesia. Um, I was at my grandfather's house. I guess I was allowed to stay up late with two of my cousins who were a little bit younger than me. And my a couple of my uncles and maybe aunt were watching one of these child's plays at the two or three and one of my cousins was absolutely terrified and his younger sister and myself were telling him don't be scared it's just really funny (laughs) and i distinctly remember (laughs) that and him like crying and hiding throughout the whole film and us laughing saying it's fine it's really funny (laughs) so it's kind of how how old were you i think i would have been about maybe seven or eight at the time oh wow <laughs> yeah wow uh yeah and 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 i and, and remembering and then still remembering that i will despite saying that to my cousin actually not feeling scared watching it at the time um so yeah for me it was like having that childhood attachment to it and that sort of those kind of memories um and so yeah when you when you put up the offer to do this one i was like yep i want to jump back in just like just like elm street because i kind of wanted to to see it with fresh adult eyes um and to kind of expand on that sort of experience i had as a kid so yeah looking forward to it looking forward to getting into them (laughs) and allison are you our fresh eyes i am almost always your fresh eyes (laughs) <laughs> because I'm before, the worst because you had never seen anything. <laughs> no, or rather, I had you had never, never heard seen of a bad movie movies. until I went to school. <laughs> I think that's a genuine thing, though. Like you, you just hadn't been subjected to bad movies before, and particularly bad horror films <laughs> before. So you're very welcome. That we're kind of we're gradually just beating down your grade curve of what a good movie is. Well, so that's that has a lot to do with how I formed my opinion of this movie, which we'll get to. But interesting. Okay, so yeah. but nothing before you'd uh, you'd heard of Child's Play. So what, how is it for someone? Yeah, because you're you know you're a slightly different generation from us. You haven't seen it before. What is what does this series mean to you in the popular culture? 
So I hadn't heard the name Child's Play. I knew who Chucky was. So I thought all the movies were just called Chucky, Chucky 1, Chucky 2. Um, and my only like memories of Chucky are my best friend Bailey's dad had a Chucky mask. And anytime oh I would gosh. spend the night, he would he's he's like the biggest jokester I've ever met like to this day. And Bailey scares ridiculously easily. So he would put this mask on and just scare the shit out of us. And he would, would like he also hide. They wear have... overalls and a tiny little striped no. turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he would. But he he like sometimes on road trips he would take it in the car with him. That's how committed he was. What? It was ridiculous. Yeah, I drove Chucky to California lines? with them for a vacation. No, he just likes scaring Bailey, which I appreciate because seeing people and, be scared is one of my favorite things. And how is your friend now psychologically? <laughs> oh, she's in the home. She's in prison. She's in the home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's in great shape. <laughs> oh, that's what they call daddy issues. So you really yeah. know chucky from from this mask then like i mean did were you yeah i knew he was a doll i knew it was a a horror film and i i i just thought they were all named chucky so when you and however many however long ago you said child's play and i was like i've never heard of that and then i was like oh yeah it's chucky yeah that's interesting i had that for a long time as well thinking that the films were called all called chucky yeah um and then as i got older realizing the first three are child's play but yeah, for yeah. a long time thinking it was like Chucky 1, Chucky 2. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely something. That when I was um, scheduling this just for like the wrap-up episodes and stuff, I was like, do we call it Chucky wrap-up or Child's Play wrap-up? Because this is a series that successfully rebranded itself. Um, and we'll get to that when we get to it because there's a definite reason for that. Um, but it was called Child's Play for three movies and so far Chucky whatever for four movies. Now, most horror franchises do this at some point. Um, Alex, we will remember with Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. There's no <laughs> Elm Street in that title. Uh, Jason did it with Jason Goes to Hell. These are normally the movies that don't work out great for a series, despite Alex skipping a recommend to one of them. Um, <laughs> Alice, and you'll remember it, obviously, from Texas Chainsaw. They did it with Leatherface on part three, and then recently again with the new Texas mm-hmm. uh, film, Leatherface. Uh, they normally yep. try it out to spice things up a bit to get away from numerical sequels, um, and it doesn't stick. With Chucky, it did. It, I think it's the only one where it stuck um, and they successfully rebranded but when we we will get to it because it was a very good reason for why they did what they did uh, but it is interesting because yeah that people potentially think these are all just called Chucky but they're not they're called Child's Play it came out in 1988 it was directed by Tom Holland your cousin my and dad. Spider-Man uh, yeah, that's my amazing because Tom looks... Holland from Spider-Man is Tom Holland Jr. nobody knows oh oh I didn't know that good trivia yep you're so welcome. wait, is your dad Spider-Man or he no, my brother the director is of this Spider-Man. film? Ah, my dad oh, is the director of this film. Okay. I think we Excellent. decided brother. <laughs> sure. For I people thought, who like, don't know me, this is very dis- confusing. My last name is Holland. <laughs> <laughs> people like, wait, is it, <laughs> like, what, what is going on? <laughs> Spider-Man's real? <laughs> <laughs> of course yes. he's real. Yes, he is. Be ridiculous. Grow Just up. Just to confuse it even more, Alex is also Spider-Man. So <laughs> there's a lot of confusion. I'm also <laughs> Spider-Man, yeah. Uh, directed by Tom Holland, who directed Fright Night before this, he went on to direct, to direct Thinner, and uh, not mu- I mean, not much else really. When you look at his IMDb, he did a series recently called Twisted Tales, which then got rebranded as Tom Holland's Twisted Tales. 
Um, but I haven't seen them, <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, it's starring Alex Vincent as Andy Barkley, Catherine Hicks as Karen Barkley, Chris Sarandon as Detective Mike Norris, Dina, uh, Dina Manoff, which is a great name, Manoff as Maggie Peterson, Man and off. Brad Dourif as Charles Lee Ray. I think that should be a hashtag for the current climate. It's man off. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brad Dourif as Charles Lee Ray. So a couple of these people, people you'll know from other things, probably. Uh, Detective Mike Norris, uh, played by Chris Sarandon. His first wife was Susan Sarandon, who kept his name. Uh, ah. He was in Fright Night before from the same director he went on to be in the princess bride uh he was also a very early performance from him was in dog day afternoon which is a fantastic al pacino movie which um, he was nominated for an oscar yeah yeah he was and then you have brad Dourif, who plays charles lee ray or chucky uh he was in one flew over the cookie's nest and was also nominated for an oscar um and he was also in the halloween remakes from rob zombie He's in Lord of the Rings and Dune. Uh, he's a real character actor. He's been in tons of stuff. If you look at his IMDb, it goes on forever and ever. Um, yeah, I was trying to think of what I'd seen him in, and I was racking my brain, and then, yeah, going through his IMDb, he's got an incredible credits yeah. list. And a weird face, so he just sticks with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we have two Oscar-nominated actors in our lead billing here. What could, what could possibly go, go wrong? wrong? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, it was budgeted at $9 million. It grossed $33.2 uh, million. So here's a few facts about the film. It was originally conceived by Don Mancini in 1985 while he was a junior at UCLA. 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 Uh, at the time, it was named Batteries Not Included. Uh, but then he realized that Steven Spielberg had a film in development called Batteries Not Included. Uh, and so he changed the title to Blood Buddy. Mm-hmm. And finally, it became Child's Play when they went into development. A junior at UCLA when he wrote this. It was kind of... That's pretty cool. That's cool. Uh, it was initially written, though, with very different intentions. It was meant to be a dark satire on how toy marketing and merchandising was affecting children in the 80s. Um, it was particularly based upon the frenzy of... You probably won't remember this, Ali, but Alex, you might. The Cabbage Patch Dolls. Yep, my sister had one. Real ugly boys and girls. <laughs> Um, Mancini though then realised oh yeah very cheeky Uh, Mancini then realised that no feature length horror film had ever been truly centred on purely a killer doll Um, so the film eventually morphed into a full on horror film Um, and because of the success of recent films like Gremlins and other animatronic effects works uh, it finally meant it was possible to do a character like this and have him come to life Uh, although uh, yeah and although sorry Mancini he claims otherwise, but the design of Chucky is clearly inspired by My Buddy Dolls. So if you guys are on the internet at all, Google My Buddy um, and have a quick look at these. Uh, different color hair, but exactly the same stripy jumper and in dungaroos. Um, yeah, but Mancini, it's like almost identical. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Manchidi claims that he was not inspired by my buddy. However, Chucky was also originally called Buddy in the first draft of the script. <laughs> oh, what a weird coincidence. Not pointing any fingers. Uh, another doll that was used for inspiration was an interactive 80s doll called Corky, um, which was doing a similar thing to do with, like, you know, blinking eyes or doing voices and stuff. Uh, and it, it was voiced by Eden Gross. And they went so far in this film to even get the same actor to voice the normal side of Chucky's voice. Um, so when it's not Brad Dourif, 
It is Eden Gross being like, hello, my name's Jackie. Want a hug? Uh, and then John... Thank you. Uh, John Lafia was later involved with writing, uh, well, helping out finish off the script. And we'll get more into what happened with the script uh, throughout the film and then towards the end, because there's definitely some notes with how they changed things and what was added. Um, obviously a big hit, this film. Not as big, though, as some other horror films. It was didn't have the opening that Halloween or Friday the 13th had, but still a good return. Made three times its money back in the box office. But these movies are really, you know, they made all their money when they came to VHS. That's when it really pulled in. Um, I guess. I think I first watched it on Laserdisc. <laughs> I watched it on UMD on my PSP. <laughs> did you? Did you really watch it on Laserdisc? I think so. Yeah, because at the oh, time, wow. as a kid in Indonesia, Laserdisc was pretty big. Ali, have you ever heard of Laserdiscs? I have heard of it. I have never used one like giant records but <laughs> with movies they were on the, them. They were the successor to bullet discs. Uh, there you go. With lasers involved. They're still, mm-hmm. well, up until recently, they're still pretty big in Japan, laser discs. Um, yeah. Yeah, they were basically the precursor to DVDs, but on huge fucking vinyl size objects. And you had to yeah. flip them over, didn't you, halfway through or something? <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Even the first DVDs were that as well. On the, the, it was written on both sides. You had to watch the film and it would stop halfway and you had to turn it over mm-hmm. and continue watching. The future. Um, so, my favourite part of these podcasts. And we're back in horror realms. So that means we get two favourite parts of these podcasts. Alison Holland, would you care to read us through the top 20 films of 1988 so that we can get a little bit of perspective on the landscape of general movies that year? From 20 you to number You got one. it. So starting at number 20, we have The Land Before Time. Oh, Classic. yay! That's a great one. Have you ever seen that, Ali? That's great. <laughs> no, I haven't. But There's my favorite part of this is your, is your reaction to every film that we read out. <laughs> that film's no, that great, though. Magic. We get There's little like, notes. There's something like 14 of those films. It's Spielberg uh, produced. And the first one's good. First one's awesome. We'll do that series next. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Am I locked into that one? 19. Sure. A Nightmare on Elm Street 4. The Dream Yay. Master. Yeah. So we talked about this. I if I recommended that one. No, we didn't. So this was after Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors was the great one with Patricia Arquette and uh, yeah. Lawrence Fishburne and people. And we did that thing, which I do believe in a franchise where one won't necessarily make some money, but then at that era because there wasn't the internet and social medias it would have to come out on VHS and that by that point people would go oh that one's really really great so then they'd all go to see the next film <laughs> so the one after a good one would get more money than the precursor that was better mm-hmm. if you know what I mean this one was not good <laughs> it's not a good movie <laughs> so then at number 18 we have Bull Durham excellent good sexy Kevin Costner movie and Susan yeah. Sarandon as well I think isn't it yeah so. it is uh, 17, we have Rambo 3. Excellent. Um, <laughs> that's where, he, yes, I mean, that's where he became Rambo Rambo, really. But, uh, yeah, I didn't see this at the time. I didn't see any of the Rambo films until I was in my, like, late 20s or early 30s. Fun fact. 16 is Beaches. Beaches. Um, Bette Midler. Bette Midler. Doesn't have, yeah. doesn't have a really young Leonardo DiCaprio in that. 
I think. Did you ever know Are you thinking of Danny Boyle? You're my hero. It's that one. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I yeah. don't think I've ever seen this movie, but I feel like I have now. Thanks. You're welcome. All right. 15 is Willow. Oh, Ooh. the Ewok movie <laughs> that never was. <laughs> we're talking Davis. about. We're mentioning Willow a few times in our Star Wars franchise at retrospective at the moment that you can hear on Wednesdays and Saturdays. It's coming full circle. 14 is Scrooged. Oh, I, I like Scrooge. I like Scrooge too. Coming up. Yeah, it's cool. I always like Death in that. He's got that TV screen for a face. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He does. 13 is A Fish Called Wanda. Classic. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, it's good fun film. Good fun. 12 is Working Girl. Oh, Working Girl. That's from Harrison Ford, isn't it? Working Harrison Girl. Ford, yeah. 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 11 is Beetlejuice. I never got Beetlejuice. Everybody loves it. I don't get it. Are you a fan, Alex? Really? Uh, you know, I don't think I've seen it in oh, really? ever or in a long time I don't know oh wow yeah people love it I, I haven't seen it. any of them but I I understand Beetlejuice as like a cultural reference I don't know if it's from social media now or just I don't know right okay I, under- I understand it as a juice mm. <laughs> as a squash pack <laughs> um, getting into the top 10 number 10 is Oliver and Company Oh man, I forgot about this film. That's a dog and cat cartoon movie. That was alright. Uh, number nine, The Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad! Exclamation <laughs> point. Fuck yes. That's a great, <laughs> great movie. Have you seen the Naked Gun movies, Ali? No, I haven't. Oh, oh my god. So so oh good. my god. Next she retrospective. Can get, <laughs> she could get through airplanes. Just so. making a list of all. <laughs> We are not going there, Mr. White. <laughs> you walked out of airplane. You won't. You're not I told to you before you gun. put anything on the TV, I am going to go to sleep in 15 minutes. You guys were like, we're going to put airplane on. And then you threw a fit when I left. Disgraceful. Number eight is Cocktail. Oh, Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise, Brian Brown. Mm-hmm. Back when he could juggle. My sister used to have the movie poster of that framed up in her room. And it was cocktail with Tom Cruise leaning over a bar, and underneath it said, "When he pours, he rains." That's the picture they have next to it. On this. <laughs> Did it really? Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. That is <laughs> genius. Oh, that's. I want. Let's bring whoever made that up out of retirement because they need to be still doing posts. That's fantastic. Love it. Number seven is Die Hard. Oh, classic. Classic. Some people, yeah. I mean, yeah, one of the tentpole. I would argue Die Hard, Speed, The Matrix, they're the tentpole action movies. Um, changing everything. Number six is Crocodile Dundee 2. Wait, Crocodile Dundee 2 made more money than Die Hard? Yep. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> It grossed, yeah, yeah, Die Hard grossed 83 million, Crocodile Dundee grossed 109 million. That's ridiculous. This is US box office. Yeah, sure, but I mean, that's what Die Hard would have made the most money. I mean, that's crazy. But I mean, again, I guess they took him out of the outback and they put him in New York. (laughs) Fish out of water. The 80s (laughs) never did those stories. (laughs) 
Top five. Number five is twins. Oh, oh goodness. Good old Arnie. I'm not a fan of this personally, but everyone else. <laughs> that was I love both twins. of you made I the same twins. sound. <laughs> oh, I love, no, I love twins. I love twins. <laughs> Number four is big. Oh, Wait, I love big they too. got big and twins right next to each other? They're both yep. body swap movies. That's crazy. Popular in 88. Wow. Well, I mean, twins isn't really a body swap. Oh, movie. that's true. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why in my head I always remember it as a body swap movie, but it's not really. Yeah, you're correct. My bad. I apologize. Forgive me. <laughs> Thank you. Number Thank you. <laughs> number three is Coming to America. It would have been better Love if it. it was a body swap movie. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, this is the Eddie Murphy one, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. One of my favorite Eddie films. Yep. Do you remember and The Golden the Child? Top- not one of my favorite Eddie films. <laughs> How about the haunted mansion? <laughs> no, they have a all singing these work. All these work. How, about, how, about, to a how about Shrek? Ooh, love Shrek. Ooh, Ooh. That was a, good a little sound. donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ali. All right, top two. Number two is Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Fuck oh. yes! What a what year. a great movie! This is like what a great movie. These movies like framing my childhood. It's great. Yep. And then the number one movie of 1988 was Rain Man. Oh, good choice, 1988. When he pours, he Rain Mans. <laughs> <laughs> Did it. That's, you should go. You oh just should walk gosh. out of the room right now. Very <laughs> happy with drop. <laughs> my work is done. I'm surprised, uh, and and because that's a list of very fun movies, but they finish on a truly great movie. Rayman's a very very good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Ali, how many of those twenty films have you seen? Um, let me see. Rayman. You seen Rayman? Yeah. Oh, what a yeah. Big. Um, okay. She's going. She's reading through. She has two fingers. I'm looking through. Sorry. Two fingers are up. No, no, I'm going to. Um, she's got three fingers up. Three. Three. Three of the top 20. That's pretty Rain good. Man. What were the other two? Um, Bull Durham. Oh, sorry, Dave. You have to look through the list again. <laughs> sorry, no. Bull Durham. And... Big. Oh, my God. Big. Big. Sorry. Big, right. Yep. Okay. All right. Awesome. Um, so, there you go. That was the top 20 films of the year. I, I feel well-seated now in 1988. I remember it. I was eight years old at the time. Uh, many of those movies I was not allowed to see, but I will return to shortly afterwards. Alexander Chardo, you have a list of horror films that came out. We only got one horror film crept into the top 20 that year. Right down there at the bottom, little Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy. What else that came out? Where are we okay, at? Because so here's the thing. We'd just come out of the real, real, real spat of slasher movies, which really went from 1981 to 1986. And there were so many slasher films. And by this point, they're getting bored of it. So what was going on? Uh, yeah, so first up we have Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. Okay, um, so that's going fantasy. So fan- it's not, fantasy. I don't really like that film, but it's very fantasy-based. It's kind of like the okay, labyrinth I- with horror. All oh, right, I've never seen it. I haven't seen many of these uh, horror films. Is this a horror pre- retrospective? Uh, <laughs> Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yay! This was on Netflix for ages. This is a great classic. It's really <laughs> stupid. 
love a stupid horror film. And but that's why I chose it. this serious franchise. <laughs> <laughs> a clown uh, literally knocks someone's head off in, in the film. Literally punches someone so hard that their head comes off. Love it. Nice. I'm in. Uh, so yeah, as we said before, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, which crept into the top 20. Pumpkinhead. Uh, yeah, this is very fantasy-based as well. We're getting into kind of Lovecraftian things. Um, monsters. Interesting. Uh, and sort of fairy um, tale. The Blob. This is a great is a remake, remake of a like, yeah, yeah. This is really good, actually. I like this movie a lot. It's fun. Um, I have memories of seeing part of this too when I was a kid with my sister. Yeah, it's cool. Don't worry, it's yes. funny. <laughs> it kind of came out after the Thing remake, and it's certainly nowhere as good as John Carpenter's The Thing, but it's um a good fun movie. Recommend. Friday the Thirteenth, Part Seven: The New Blood. Part seven. They were already up to seven films. Oh, yeah. They were doing one a year. Um, and then they missed wow. one year. So 1988 was like they'd missed one year from 1980. Um, yeah, this was this used to be one of my absolutely favorite ones. And then when we went back to it, it had a slightly different spin on it. It's definitely one of the weirdest. But this is the one where they go supernatural um, and they get more fantasy in it. A girl in it has basically carry powers of psychokinetic powers. And Jason has to go up against her. And uh, she's sort of throwing books at him with her mind. <laughs> <laughs> it is undoubtedly the best looking Jason in any film though he's fantastic in this he's got his ribcage showing and stuff uh, but you can check out our cool. podcast to hear a full review cool Halloween 4 The Return of Michael Myers we'll be getting to these These. this is the series I'm looking forward to from the beginning more than anything but we're waiting for a new Halloween film and they finally announced that a new Halloween film is coming at the end of 2018 with Jamie Lee Curtis and John Carpenter and David Gordon Green uh, and Danny McBride so <laughs> so we will be doing we are scheduled right now to be doing Halloween leading into that and I'm fucking excited because that's my favourite slasher uh, Maniac Cop Bruce uh, Bruce Campbell and actually a friend nice. of ours uh, worked on it um, Stacy, who we all met at the Fright Fest LA thing that we did our little private festival uh, Katie's friend she actually worked on mm. oh that's movie. right that's cool uh, Night of the Demons yeah, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Some people think this is a real cult. I'm not convinced, but yeah. Well, they're idiots. Um, Return of the Living Dead, part two. So this is from two people came up with George Romero's Night of the Living Dead uh, back in the 60s. And most people think it was just George Romero, but it wasn't. Um, I forget the other guy's name, though. That's how much most people just think it's George Romero. And... George Romero got to continue his films with Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, and then later on came back again. This is the other guy doing his version of what a sequel should be, um, and it's just pure goofball comedy. Um, and it's actually, I believe, cited as the first place that a zombie utters the words brains. Uh, so huh, this, that's is, cool. this is the movie where we get brains from. That's a good little <laughs> trivia bit. I like it. Uh, they Live... This is a John Carpenter movie and famous for having one of the longest fist fight scenes in history. <laughs> and a lot, it's kind of cool nowadays. It's the one where people put sunglasses on and you can see aliens walking amongst you whenever you have these special sunglasses on. And it's become very culty recently. People wear sunglasses in homage to it sometimes. Interesting. Poltergeist 3. Uh, not good. Great. <laughs> Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers. Yeah, I recently watched all the Sleepaway Camp movies because 
that's my life. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> one of them was possibly the worst thing I'd ever seen in my life. This one's probably the best one. It's more fun than the others. Absolute trash. But, yeah. Excellent. Phantasm 2. I've never seen any Phantasm movies. I'm listening to a retrospective right now that's gone through all five or six of them. I still don't think I want to see them. <laughs> what are they about? What's the Phantasm? Is it like a ghost? Again, it's very fantasy style. Yeah, it's it's just like, he's called the Thin Man, I think. Um, and he's this old dude with long wispy hair and he's sort of an alien maybe but they seem confused with what he is anyway and then he's got these silver orbs you'll definitely have seen poster up for it it's quite iconic um right but it's it's yes again i think we're definitely seeing a trend of fantasy films going on here there's there's a different bent of supernatural coming in critters 2 the main course great i I love the critters movies (laughs) i think the only horror film set in kansas really yeah, I think Represent so. Katie Watson. <laughs> <laughs> um, she did say finally, if we ever do a Critters franchise that she would do it <laughs> for a Kansas brilliant. perspective. Um, and finally, Howling for the Original Nightmare. Yeah, again, I've only seen Howling 1 and I think 6 or something, but I recently listened to a podcast series doing these. and Oh man, some of them sound real bad, but there's one that sounds so bad that I do want to see it, but this was not it. Great. So we're, we're definitely horror in films. Alex, uh, thank you, my friend, for sharing. And those, no like, we're definitely in, yeah, a very different era of horror. And we're sort of in that in-between era and we're getting into more s- mystical stuff that's happening. Um, there's more supernatural things going on. And I think that is for sure one of the reasons that we have this movie. Because we're coming out of slasher films and we're going into this more supernatural monstery era of things that you can't explain um and that really sums up child's play for me because uh, he is seen as a slasher icon but we're going to get into that is this is this series a comedy is it a slasher film is it horror like when does it move from thing to thing let's start to uh rip it apart shall we excellent so we open the movie on a man with long hair <laughs> exceedingly <laughs> long hair uh, he's running through the streets and he's being chased by a cop having a gunfight I'm immediately like this feels so 80s to me this feels so Highlander yeah. or Turtles <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which to me is quite comforting Ali is this a weird opening <laughs> like how does it feel to you it's like, not what rainy? I expected for sure coming into this I was like when does this turn into a like a doll thing and then when they dolls a from toy the first story. frame i was it i was curious how that was i wasn't expecting i guess that much background i thought it was just gonna be like oh this is a possessed doll and you're gonna find out yeah well we'll so it was an argue it, open. whether this opening is necessary or not but yeah we get this long-haired man who's left uh he's sorry his accomplice eddie is driving off in a truck and a police car chases it um, so the long-haired man uh, runs into a nearby toy store to try and hide from the cop who's chasing after him. Um, and there's a lot of sneaking around, and then he's up against the wall of good guy dolls, um, which are, yeah, ginger-headed, cabbage pat sort of style dolls with stripy jumpers and dungarees. And then the title just comes straight up on this shot, like midway through the scene. There's no sort of punctuation mm-hmm. mark in the scene, but it just suddenly comes out, which I thought was pretty cool. I kind of liked it. Yeah. It was like, it was like you know what you're here for. You know that this yeah. is. Yeah. We know that you know that this is. These dolls are important. 
Um, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I really like how the glove, sorry, the cop takes off his gloves in this scene. Oh, yeah. I had that in my notes. <laughs> and he kind of like puts them in his mouth and then flicks them off. <laughs> <laughs> and why hadn't he taken them off before? At what point? Did this chase begin <laughs> that he didn't have time to take his gloves off and he's just been shooting at this guy running down streets um yeah, where are we really are we, funny are we in chicago is that what they say at one point we're in chicago yeah okay okay um so then we find out uh actually sorry we don't find out at this point but i'm just gonna start using his name rather than long-haired boy uh charles lee ray uh, is shouting at the cop being shot and he's all angry about it he's upset he says he's going to get the cop and he's going to get eddie no matter what um <laughs> and then starts saying i've got to find somebody i've got to find somebody i've got to find somebody and then falls over a pile of the good guy dolls because he's um, been shot at this point right yeah, yeah yeah he's already bleeding out so he's all pissed yeah. so he's all pissed he's bleeding out and then he's amongst all these dolls and then he looks at one of them and decides yep this will do <laughs> Before he yeah. starts saying, I need to find someone, I need to find someone, he has the line, Ah, oh, God, I'm dying. That's his line. <laughs> I was like, wow. It's important for us to know. <laughs> Spell it out for me, please. Well, this entire scene spells out everything. It's so... Yeah. <laughs> it's so textbook. Like, I feel... And I, I've no, I couldn't find any reports that this is actually what happens. I think it's actually the opposite happened. But it feels like, oh, we've shot the film. People are a bit unclear about stuff. Let's just do a scene at the beginning that clarifies everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's crystal clear. So he pulls out one of the good guy dolls and starts to do an incantation. Um, some very Ghostbusters, but nowhere near as good as Ghostbusters clouds and lightning. Yeah. Starts to roll in. Uh, and the cop looks suitably bewildered. <laughs> he's wandering through the store and suddenly can hear this incantation and lightning and then he reacts to the lightning did you notice he reacts to it before it comes through the window he like looks <laughs> up and then cowers in fear and before then the lightning breaks. comes through to the class. yes i did see that um and then he's stumbling through a now destroyed toy store and uh finds the body of the now deceased charles lee ray and the camera pans in on a very suspicious looking doll. It looks all happy and ginger. <laughs> Which um, also, just as a note, because it'll, it's probably worth noting now and later, Charles Lee Ray has his bloody hands on the doll. There's blood on the doll. I yes. just want to say that. That is true. And we'll get there to it blood later. on the doll. Hang on. I'm eating a donut. <laughs> Which is also out of the <laughs> box, which you said. <laughs> <sighs> so I'm really, really hungry. <laughs> this is, you know, we started this podcast with these are conversational. They're just getting more conversational <laughs> as we go along. Eating with <laughs> your need, mouth open while you're giving notes. Shut up. Um, you do you. This is okay. So when I I haven't seen these films in a long time, so I didn't really say it at the beginning. I have seen all of these movies. Some I really didn't like. Um, but I couldn't remember it's been a long time since I returned to them I think there's only maybe one I've seen multiple times and this one what I really remembered were like maybe three things and this was one of the things it's this opening scene because I hated it so much I thought it was so bad the first time I saw it Um, uh, just uh, Oscar nominated actor here Brad Dourif (laughs) not doing it for me at all no Uh, our other Oscar nominated actor Chris Sarandon they're sparring off of each other not doing it for me either 
but at least he's funny. Like, I find the detective immediately just so stupid. He's hilarious. Whereas Brad Dourif, I just don't... It doesn't work for me. Uh, the writing's over the top. It, I hate the voodoo bullshit with putting mm-hmm. his soul into the doll. I will say this, though, like, coming back to it this time... There's some production values going on here that you wouldn't necessarily always get in slasher films. Um, you do have an immediate like outside street scene with gunfire and you have an explosion in the doll store. And I've, <laughs> I think my low expectations <laughs> were making me surprised that there was some production <laughs> value here. <laughs> but are you guys pulled in by this opening? Um. I mean, my first initial sense goes back to what you were saying before, that it felt very 80s, this sort of chase right off the bat and going to hide and setting up that way. Um, but no, I didn't like it at all, the, the opening. <laughs> like, I just thought it was really dumb. And the whole voodoo thing was just like, yeah, it, it was just awful. It was awful. Now, Ali's just waiting for the dolls she was promised. <laughs> I was just yeah, I was, <laughs> give me the doll. Um, yeah, the begin this opening just took me by surprise because this is not what I was expecting at all. Um, I didn't mind like the scene as a scene. I might what was bad was his acting was really really horrible. So the voodoo thing was bad for me because I had already seen how bad his acting is in this opening. Um, the line, ah, God, I'm dying, just really, like, made me laugh out loud, and then I wasn't taking him seriously the rest of it. So that was my problem going forward to the voodoo scene. And then when you see the cop dive before the glass actually breaks was pretty funny. Um, but I was still okay with it just because, I think because it took me by surprise, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wasn't expecting it to start this way. I was still like, okay, we'll see where this goes. Okay. Well, it's over fairly I mean, it quickly. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't set up anything that feels sinister or foreboding. Like we're basically from everything we've all said, we're all laughing from the beginning. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, this one is, thing or another. Yeah. This is just a bad, trashy B movie comedy straight from the beginning for me. Um with mm. that scene anyway. Uh but then we cut to our real protagonist, which is Andy. Uh, it's his birthday, he's watching a good guy's advert, he's dressed like a good guy doll, he's toasting his own bread. <laughs> so I've just got immediately <laughs> yeah. written down, obviously before I understand the context of the scene, I'm like, where the hell's his mother? What the I fuck wrote that same that? thing down too. That's exactly what I wrote. I wrote, who's looking after this kid? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's got good guy cereal, he's got, uh, it's his, uh, yeah, sorry, he's pouring sugar on top of his sugary cereal. Which is such a great 80s... He's just like, like such an 80s kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really fucking... I, I like this scene a lot. I really do. I think the kid's <laughs> really cute. And just that kind of... They're bashing you over the head with it. But here we're getting the evidence of that original script of, yep, it's all about merchandising and how it's warping kids' sensibilities. Um, and, then, and then there's even like I, an I, advert I on the add... TV. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, you go. You finish what you say. No, 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 please. Please, you first. No, I was just going to add like another bit that's on TV uh, with the good guys after it goes from the good guys animated thing. Maybe you were just getting to this. I think it goes to a good guys doll ad where there's like a good guys life-size mascot talking to one of the dolls (laughs) and the mascot is terrifying. The mascot is more scary than the doll. (laughs) 
Apparently that mascot was played by the director as well. That's hilarious. Um, so they use this as a way to introduce, yeah, we have a new uh, good guy doll that's in shops and it does three sentences because they have to make that very clear. Three sentences. It can also turn its head and blink its eyes when you talk to it because they've got to set up what you should expect and what you shouldn't expect from this. Um, and yeah, and then we then realize that Andy is making breakfast for his mother and he goes to wake her up. Um, and it's just really cute. He just opens the windows, the curtains, and he's like, it's a beautiful day outside, see? <laughs> um, I don't know why. I just I was watching the beginning of this, at least, with our friend Tamro, who was uh, sitting with me when, when we started and then left because he didn't want to get too scared before he went home because <laughs> he doesn't like dolls. Um, he was not enjoying this kid. He thought this kid was terrible. Uh, at this point, I like the kid. I think he's kind of adorable. <laughs> yeah, he's good I, I up like and he's good in the beginning when he's not having to do horror scenes yet. Yeah. Thanks yep, for yep, the spoilers. Yep. Spoilers, he <laughs> sucks later. <laughs> um I dip, yeah, I just like this whole scene. I like this setup. Uh, this is for me where the movie should have just started. I'm much happy with this. I don't need anything else. Um, and then on the news, it also says Charles Lee Ray, the notorious uh, Boston... Is it Boston Strangler? I think. Uh, um, Lakeshore, I think it Lakeshore. is. Lakeshore Strangler. Boston Strangler was a real thing, wasn't it? Now I feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the notorious Lakeshore Strangler uh, was shot and killed. They're just using the TV here to give us lots of information. Uh, and fine. Whatever you've got to do to get all that out of the way. I thought this bit was really funny because that's like deliberately going on in the background and the mum's just, it's this weird shot of her like laughing at Andy and just like not even looking at the TV and switching yep. it off or turning it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so she gets out of bed and gives him a big box uh, as a present, which again, I think they're playing with us as much as they're playing with him. And I think that's a lot yeah. of this film. Uh, this wasn't a franchise yet. I think it's easy with films to forget that yeah spoilers the first Friday 13th Jason's not in it and things like that um, but with this one I think the merchandising and the marketing beforehand would have made it very clear this is a doll a killer doll movie so they knew people are going in for this killer doll movie they played Wait. with it with us with the beginning when the title comes up and I think they're playing it with us here uh, as opposed to just Andy you get this big box he opens it up you're expecting it to be Chucky but no it's just some jeans in a ridiculous in a giant box, box. Um, and then his mother gives him some uh, another present which has a good guy's toolbox and says that she knows that he wanted the good guy doll uh, which he moans about he manages to just borderline play it off not like a sport little kid here I think he's like I wanted a good guy doll like, yeah but then he, yeah, he's, then very, he's very cut. understanding there's a weird cut after that which he's like I couldn't afford it and it kind of, I don't know, it felt like like it was either mid-sentence or something. I can't even remember what it was specifically. I just wrote in my notes, weird cut. Weird cut. Huh. <laughs> I mean, there's quite a lot of weird cuts in this because they're cutting around. Yeah, this genuine, I'm, I can't remember how old he was, actually. One of you look up how old he would have been when he did this. The but kid is? Yeah, like he was obviously very young. Um, and he gets put in a lot of interesting situations here which we'll get to but yeah there are definitely some weird cuts to get around how you have to control a kid actor I guess then we go uh, to and I j sorry sorry uh, the mom Catherine Hicks I immediately recognized from 7th Heaven 
the TV series. <laughs> <laughs> she was the mom in that. Isn't that the second time Seventh Heaven's come up recently? I think it was on our Texas retrospective as well. That's funny. Everything comes back to Seventh Heaven at some point. It says, so he was born in 81, which would have made him seven when this came out. But it says during filming, he was about five years old. Wow. Right. I mean, that's amazing. Like, honestly, to get any performance out of a kid that age is testament to yeah. good direction and, and just the kid. Um, so at his mother's work, uh, she's working in like a perfume store. She's like a counter job. She's in a, de- yeah, a department store. A department store, yeah, in like a perfume counter or something. Um, and then her friend who's got all of the sass that lead characters in the 80s, like <laughs> their friend always had all the sass like this. It's like the escort in Pretty Woman is how she kind of feels to me um, she tells her that there's a peddler in the back alley who's selling a good guy doll and you should go and buy one from him for starters why is she hanging out in the back alley with peddlers smoking cigarettes and then the mum's like it's a hundred dollars and I really shouldn't go because of blah 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 but they go in the back alley um and yeah, buy this good guy doll off of a homeless guy who's just got a trolley full of stuff. Uh, how much is he paying? Yeah, it's like 30 bucks or something, I think. 30, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's meant to be 100. Um, and then we do get actually my, my first laugh of, well, my first intended laugh of the movie when her friends, like, as they're walking away, says, I think I dated him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <that> <laughs> um, and then they come back into the store and mother starts getting shit from the boss. So she's told it, uh, and then she's told that she has to fill in for someone who's been taken sick that evening. Um, she can take off at five, but she's got to be back at seven. And she's saying, but it's her son's birthday. And the manager doesn't give no shit. So a friend says that she'll babysit Andy uh, while the mother's at work. I'm kind of expecting from this setup that we're going to be seeing more of these characters, but we do not. No. <laughs> See a little bit more of a friend. Nothing, never again do we get this asshole manager. Um... Yeah, and then we cut straight, basically, to Maggie, her friend, babysitting Andy. Um, and Chucky notices that there's some news on the TV uh, about him. Uh, well, about his friend, Eddie, and what's happened to him. Um, and that he's escaped from, is it custody or prison? I guess it's the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Same sort of thing, yeah. Uh, so Chucky has asked Andy to tell Maggie that he wants to watch the 9 o'clock news. But the way, okay, so this is how they're playing with this stuff here. They're doing this build here. You can't play with us, and we'll get to the end because there's definitely some original intentions with this movie that changed. But you can't go into this movie knowing, like, wondering whether or not it's the doll. We clearly know it's the doll. Mm-hmm. The title's mm-hmm. coming up. I know we do now in retrospect, but I feel even at the time, the trailer made it clear. The title's coming up over the dolls. We literally see him do an incantation and put his soul into a doll. So we know it's the doll, right? We know the doll's alive. Yeah. You don't think... I know from retrospect we know Chucky exists, but do you think you could possibly think that maybe it's Andy at any point in this movie? Not no. with the way it's marketed. I don't think so. Yeah. There's... Yeah. Especially There's with no that first that, scene. Do you yeah, think that that would be a more interesting way to go, to play that line for a while with this movie? Of like, you know, is Andy telling the truth or not, basically? Or is he just crazy? <laughs> They I could think have. that would have been. I think that would have been really interesting. Like, yeah. play it, draw it out a little bit more. Um, yeah, and have it not so obvious from the get go. Yeah, feature um, him a lot in the trailer, and that'd be really cool. 
I don't know how you would cut that trailer because you, how you sell a film like this without the doll. That's is, true. Yeah. It's very tricky. Um, but yeah, I know. Well, we'll get to it later. There were certain intentions with that to begin with, but we definitely don't have that here. Um, but they do instead play with us for when are we going to see? Like, I think we're all waiting for, okay, when are we going to see Chucky just be Chucky? When is he going to talk to us? And when are we going to see him breaking his <laughs> performance, I guess, as just a regular doll? Uh, but he is clearly already talking to Andy. We're just not getting to see it. Um, so at this point, Andy's sort of walking over to babysitter saying, Chucky wants to watch the nine o'clock news, uh, which of course she doesn't believe. So she puts them both to bed. Andy's brushing his teeth. Uh, Maggie's putting dishes away. And then suddenly the TV spurts back on uh, with the news. And she walks through and Chucky's just sitting on the sofa watching the TV. This is when Tamara started to get spooked. <laughs> like I liked, despite, yeah, like obviously knowing how it's, playing out i actually liked how um there was that moment of the doll still being still yeah and andy leaning over and because that was still kind of felt yeah like is it a kid playing or like even though he knew what it was but it was that was kind of way more creepier than hearing him right away like hearing chucky right away yeah yeah i think definitely i really like this build it's i think it's the strongest well yeah probably the strongest thing i think this film does is this initial build for how long it draws out until we finally see Chucky break uh, in a scene that we'll get to later on. Um, so as I mentioned before, he doesn't have... This Chucky doesn't have blood on him at all. Correct. Uh, the box did look like it had been opened and messed with when she bought that's it. True. That's I know, true. Because I, I made note of the blood thing also, and I was like, oh, I'm curious if they'll... Like, are they going to repackage or, like, redress the doll and then put him back in his box, or... But they I never don't really that acknowledge that. All. But the That's box did so look think, opened. You think this homeless peddler opened the the doll and cleaned the blood off and did some? Well, more no, I don't on. think I I don't think he cleaned it. I was waiting f- to see blood on the doll, which I was like, that'll be weird if they don't acknowledge that there's blood on the doll. But it'll also be weird if there is no blood on the doll. Also, but the maybe the, the, the maybe the toy store, store like took his th- clothes off and put new ones on him and put him back in his box so they could still sell it. Yeah, but the peddler, like what they're insinuating is that the peddler got it because he was tossed took out in the garbage the because he's yeah. not. You know, it's uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the peddler explains later on how he got it. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Okay, we'll get there. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the babysitter Maggie doesn't. Uh, yeah, sorry. She takes Chucky back to Andy, tells him off for putting Chucky there and turn the TV on. He says it wasn't him. She obviously doesn't believe him. Um, Says, what did Chucky do? Walk into the living room, turn on the TV all by himself. I really like Andy then turns to Chucky and just goes, did you do that, Chucky? (laughs) 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 I really like this sort of... I really like Andy at this point. I like his innocence. And we know Chucky's a bad motherfucker. And Andy's just like... Oh, Chucky. Why are you <laughs> watching around, TV? It's bedtime. <laughs> uh, so she puts him to sleep. Um, and then, yeah, and then Andy turns to Chucky and says, I told I told them she'd be mad at you if you watch. Sorry, I told you that she'd be mad at you if you watch the news and gives Chucky a little kiss, <laughs> which weirds me out a little bit. <laughs> um, I also feel this. these are the moments... I mean, we have to play with the audience, I get that, but these are the moments where we get to see Andy and Chucky alone, and Chucky's not revealing himself to Andy, even though he's clearly already ch- talking to Andy. So it's yeah. kind of weird when Andy kisses him that he doesn't do something. I'm happy he doesn't, because I like being teased yeah. as an audience, but narratively I find that's a bit strange. 
So then Maggie's up reading. Uh, we see a door open. Does he? He doesn't even turn his head, does he? At that point, no, he, does he not. turns his head. Doesn't he turn Later. his head toward the TV when they're playing before they go to bed? No, I think it's just he- direction. I think. Mm. I was trying I to note down any time he did something. Maybe you're right. I'd have to go back. But I didn't catch that if you did. I wrote I wrote down really creepy that he turns his head so easily and seamlessly because they're like it didn't look like there was it was a separate piece from his neck. Oh, the head okay. and the neck. So I think okay, he okay. when Maggie's in the kitchen, I think he turns his head toward the T V when the news yeah, I think that's spreads right. on. Okay. Um, yeah, so then Maggie's up reading and we see a door open and we get our first definitive clue that Chucky is indeed in live uh, as we get a POV from him um, and we're going to get quite a lot of POVs and then we see him scuttle by in the background. Uh, so Chucky was obviously done in many different ways. They use animatronic models uh, and they use little people and they use children, uh, child actors as well. This shot was actually Alex Vincent's little sister. <laughs> um, and then Chucky moves a chair and Maggie hears it and so she gets up to investigate thinking that it's Andy and then she finds a chair pushed up against the front door so she gets a little bit spooked out uh, another sound spooks her from all she heads off looking again like this is where I'm already calling bullshit on the horror themes <laughs> in terms of you hear some noises you got a kid in the house even if you don't have a kid in the house I hear noises all the time I do genuinely go and investigate quite often it's the sort of thing you say you wouldn't do that, but you do. But I find a chair <laughs> pushed up against my front door. <laughs> I start to worry. <laughs> and I wouldn't just go investigating other sounds. I would maybe go straight to Andy to check, is he in bed and is he okay? Yeah. Because you want either explanations or to make sure he's all right. Or I'd call the police immediately. <laughs> like, that's fucked up. Uh, but no, she's just intrigued. Yeah. Uh, so then she goes wandering around a bit more and then she finds a pot spilled over. What is this pot? It's got like powder in it. I don't understand. It looks uh, like flour. flour, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and then the phone suddenly rings and it's the mother, Karen, who asks her, is anything wrong? I can hear like you sound like something's wrong. But no, the friend just laughs and says, no, 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 no. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> There's a chair <laughs> against the fucking door. And was the and- door... The door was unlocked, right? Doesn't she lock it again? Or does she just unlock it and lock it? I think she... Yeah, it looked really weird to me. It looked it looked to me like it was her going, can I still get out even though the chair is here? No, I can't get out. <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. <laughs> it looked like she was securing it to me. Okay. Because like you it, want to secure it yourself inside. It had been inside. open and she was like, even though if, yeah. if there were a Someone's human in the inside room, put the chair there, they're already chair there. <laughs> Locking because the front door won't put them oh. back outside. Because <laughs> is it meant to imply that Chucky put it there to unlock the door? No, I think he put it there to shut her in. I think that is what it's trying to imply. It's like he was trying to make sure she couldn't get out well, and he's going to kill gonna... her. <laughs> her reasons for I'd... dying, however, we'll get to in a minute because that's where I have more problems with this scene. <laughs> um but yeah, that, so I can almost buy she wouldn't ring the police or the mother. She's trying to figure out what's going on. Maybe it is Andy playing around. But the fact that when then when Karen rings her, she doesn't even say, you know what? Uh, there's someone, some motherfucker put a chair up against the front door. I'm kind of worried about right now. She's In my head, like I think she was assuming it was Andy, which I do think it's weird that she didn't go to his bedroom to check that he was there. 
But the way I took it was, oh, no, there's another person in here in this house. I'm babysitting. And when you babysit, the kid never behaves the way they do with their parents. So if like every time I've babysat, I'm like, this is your bedtime. This is when you're supposed to go to bed. They do everything they can to stay awake. So I assumed in her mind she was like, oh, it's Andy like messing around. But it is straight like she should have then gone to check on him to make sure he was still in bed and then started to get spooked. Maybe you're just a bad babysitter. I am very I'm a big pushover which is probably why all the kids are like I can get a lot of stuff out of you <laughs> I've I've babysitted kids before Ali have kids ever blockaded you into the house so you couldn't I, escape I have I babysat one nightmare child who would do ridiculous things some rather violent <laughs> Okay. Like would like his favorite toys were swords and he always wanted to play ninja and would hit me pretty hard with his toys. And it got to the point where he then started involving the dog and hit the dog mm. once and I like freaked out and yelled at him. And I think that's the only time I've yelled at a child or probably anybody. <laughs> it's when I yelled at this wow. kid for hitting wow. his dog. Yeah. And okay. I, I stopped babysitting for that family. But still not premeditated. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just like stupid things that I'm like, I wouldn't put any of that past mm. you to just do ridiculous things, like put okay. a chair in front of where you think I'm going to be walking to come get right. you or to move on. do whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, and then we see Chucky. She gets off the phone and we see Chucky's hand picking up a hammer, uh, still in POV. Uh, Maggie begins to clean up and then she turns, hammer in the face, stumbles back 50, 100, 150 feet. Who knows how far? <laughs> A long way. That window's <laughs> right across the room, but she's got to get there. Stumbles all the way back, falls out the window. We get a proper wide shot, uh, and she lands on a car. Again, I did turn to Tamara and say, I kind of miss these production values in the 80s where if you wanted someone to fall out of a window, you just had to fucking, you know, do a proper stunt shot. Get a real person, no CGI here, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do kind of, I like the effect of this. Um, I like her going out the window. I like the a big explosion in the car but it's it this is our first proper kill uh in the movie from chucky i have to ask one question why why what well, why, why kill the babysitter <laughs> what did she's not why? letting him watch tv yeah because then <laughs> at some point i think i can't i don't know if i've got it in my notes but i think chucky says that like he says that the bitch didn't let me watch the news he could he definitely calls her a bitch and then it's definitely <laughs> like the the reason is she was getting in his way he wanted to watch the news and figure out where this person was or what was happening with him and maggie was obviously not going to let that happen anything's like okay i think it's just meant to see that he enjoys killing people really yeah another point from women. the death was wasn't the hammer from Andy's good guys workshop yeah. toy kit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a little it toy hammer. That it's like a tiny little. <laughs> <laughs> like a plastic hammer. It. It's not the yeah. size, Alex. It's what you do with it. That's, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> that's Chucky's month. That's got to be a Chucky joke at some point in these films. <laughs> Wait till we get to it. Um, in the original script, apparently, Maggie was actually meant to be electrocuted while taking a bath, um, but it changed at some point hmm. but we will get to that death later in the series so don't worry mm-hmm. um, I do have written down this looks fucking cool I enjoyed this death though despite its pointlessness 
I like this reveal. I like that we're in POV quite a lot with Chucky. I like that they're not giving him away too much. Um, and I just like the practical nature of it. I'm kind of, it's working for me at the moment. It feels more like a thriller than a horror film with how they're shooting it as well. Um, so then Karen gets home and finds 20 police officers outside, outside uh, her flat. Uh, she comes running upstairs, finds Andy. Uh, it's like, where's Maggie? Where's Maggie? Oh, she had an accident. And then there's a great awkward gap um, <laughs> when she says, when the detective takes her aside to tell her, I, I'm afraid Miss Peterson's dead. And then, <laughs> then Karen just goes, what? And then there's a long pause, but yeah. neither actor knows what to do. And then she goes, how? <laughs> and it literally just feels like she forgot. She's like, she looks like she's waiting for him to say his line and then realizes, oh no, like, oh, it's wait, still it's me. me. <laughs> um, can I just add that there's also a creepy jack-in-the-box in Andy's room in oh. which I've written a uh. note. Stop giving him creepy toys. <laughs> <laughs> These Probably are just his interests. Back alley as well. Um, yeah so then they have a brief conversation and then the detective just says are you alright and she just goes yeah I'm fine (laughs) yeah that's right Um, is it just me or is this detective and the other police officers immediate pricks (laughs) like they're all this is a lady whose house was potentially broken into her friend definitely died and potentially her kid is involved in some way with this murder Yes. Or, or suicide. This whole, bit, <laughs> and, this, this whole bit was just dumb to me. It was just so dumb. It's so it's so weird. They're all treating it like it's definitely a murder to begin with, which isn't, I don't feel, is what, how you would treat this situation. I was assuming it was um, going to be a suicide thing, which would have... I mean, yeah. I guess they might not have a balcony, but if she throws herself find, through a window... They find tiny, small shoe prints in the uh yeah what's it baking powder mm-hmm. um and then the <laughs> the detective's so funny with the investigation of the shoes andy comes through saying chucky wants to know what's happening saying so just like starts asking can i look at your shoes please <laughs> starts checking out the soles of his feet and then well, he said <laughs> at, before that he said that he's already checked all of his shoes he's like don't yeah. worry i already checked yeah. it all it's not him <laughs> Oh, I forgot about the ones he's wearing. <laughs> May I also just say that the, him, the detective and his team of cops are also just letting the mom and Andy walk through yeah. the crime scene. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and then they don't seem to secure it at all because they, they can let them continue to live there. As well. yeah, they just go, Let's she tells them up. to she, leave and they're she, like, okay. Yeah. Like, no, this exactly. is a crime scene. We have to finish all of our work, gather the information we need. And then the mother gets all defensive. She's like, look, see, there's no powder on the shoes. It's not him. So the detective just like, he's like really pissed off. Well, if Andy didn't get up there, then who did? And the mom <laughs> doesn't, isn't worried at all. There's clearly footprints. And she's like, it doesn't matter. It wasn't Andy. This is the worst detective of all time. <laughs> he's so <laughs> terrible. Um, and then Andy notices that Chucky has powder in his shoes. So he goes through and I like this. Like he doesn't hide it. There's no contrivances. He goes straight to the parents to mm-hmm. tell the cop and his mom, no, it was Chucky. It's Chucky. I know who's on the counter. Um, but then the cops just keep treating Karen like she's being a complete dick because she's upset. Like they walk out. She t- pushes them out 
into the hallway and then they both just turn to each other just like oh honestly what a bitch <laughs> yeah Women. his uh the the detective's like assistant second detective i just thought was hilarious the guy with the mustache handlebar boy. mustache that's the yeah, yeah. we'll call him mustache boy <laughs> he looks like a ryan gosling saturday night live style character <laughs> like, he, <was> just, <laughs> he just looked like something for a really bad sketch he was amazing uh, yeah, and they both just walk out thinking that she's just treating them unfairly after having her best friend die and then accusing her son of murder. Um, <laughs> and then one of them comes through with the kid's toy hammer saying that it's a possible murder weapon and they're all laughing about it in the elevator on the way down. Uh, so then Karen uh, puts Andy to bed and they have a conversation and she hears him talking to Chucky. Uh, so she goes into his room and uh, sorry yeah she hears him talk to Chucky first and then she hears, goes into the room finds uh, Chucky sitting on a chair and uh, he tells his mom that Chucky told her his real name is Charles Lee Ray and he's been sent down by daddy from heaven uh, so this mm-hmm. is the only time that we really get any context of what happened to the father um, and potentially why uh, in a different iteration of this film Andy could already be messed up in the head and could be doing these murders or whatever could be damaged psychologically um they don't mention him ever again do they i think that's the only mention no no and there's like one shot i don't i can't remember but at the in the apartment where you see a photograph of the father like on the on the fireplace or something and i was reading some yeah i was reading different things about the film and the comment on that line was also that uh Either whether it was originally intended, but like the implication that the dad could have been one of Charles Lee Ray's victims. Right. Mm. Okay. I didn't get that at all. Um, um, yeah. Again, like um, much like Star Wars, Alex, contracting the universe, not expanding. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also just a little point on his name, Charles Lee Ray. That was made up of three serial killers names. Uh, Charles Manson, Manson. Well, not serial killers, but killers. Charles Manson, Harvey Lee Oswald, and someone with the last name Ray. I think it was. <laughs> uh, it, Excellent it, research. I've just written it somewhere. Ch- uh, James Earl Ray. James Earl Ray. James Earl Ray. There it is. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really, I really like his name being Charles Lee Ray made up of those different uh, real life killers. I think it's a cool... I don't know. It's nice having that nod, which is what... And it's just like, Charles Lee Ray sounds really good. It works. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the mom shakes him at this point. It's like, or doesn't shake him, but she's like, you know, this is you're making this all up. How could a kid make all that up? Yeah, I know. Because then he says, like, uh, he says, Chucky said that Aunt Maggie was a real bitch and she got what she deserved. <laughs> <laughs> and it's what I like about this is it's the first time we're getting Chucky's character... Um, which will define the series, but we're getting it through Andy rather than yeah. just through Chucky, which I think is really cool. So they're just really drip feeding us. Okay, this is what this series is going to be. Um, she tries to reason with him, saying, "Yeah, you don't really think that Chucky's alive, do you?" And he just says, "But he is." <laughs> um, and then he says, "I'm really sorry. I'll stop making up stories." And I love this as well because Andy's showing, you know, okay, I can see my mom's upset. Her friends died. I'll pretend that it's a story so she's not upset anymore. And that's a real child mentality. I think people underwrite kids a lot in movies. And he's not here. He's writing a kid how they really are. They do notice this stuff and they do... They will... Like, kids are smart. And they'll lie to you to make you happy. Yeah. Um, and I think this is genuinely good character stuff that's going on with him. 
Um, and then he says he doesn't need to sleep with his mum, though, because, well, that sounds wrong. He doesn't need to sleep in his mum's bedroom because he has Chucky. He says Chucky in a really weird way for most of his movie. He says, Chucky. <laughs> it's like this weird gap he puts in it all the time. Uh, stupid kid. Um, so he just she said le- he was smart. <laughs> I've U-turned, Ali. I'm fickle. Oh, I so see. then she leaves and she stands at the door and listens in to see if he's still speaking to Chucky. Which he is, but he says, don't worry, Chucky. She didn't believe me. And then Chucky looks and sees her shadow under the door turns to Andy and says hi I'm Chucky I like to be hugged and does one of yeah. his regular lines so that she knows I kind of like that bit that was cool I think yeah. it's great because again yeah I missed that turn earlier with the TV but even seeing that this is a very like purposeful look seeing her shadow it's creepy as fuck because his facial like, expression isn't changing yet it's still yeah. just the doll the same I, uh, so then we get sorry So sorry just <laughs> so at this point in the movie I am now starting to wonder because up until this point it sounds like you guys are not so much with it and I was kind of excited about all this stuff and I was like wow a horror movie where I have answers and I know background and I at this point after the mom has come home Maggie has already died she leaves the room I started wondering if I've been dumbed down from Texas Chainsaw Massacre where I leave the end of the movie with so many unanswered questions and so many things that happened that made no sense to something they mentioned earlier in the movie that at this point I'm really satisfied with all the information that I have about this family. (laughs) What do you mean? What kind of information are you talking about? Well, because they literally hand you everything. Like, you know everything. You know how this doll came alive you know who it is you know that charles lee ray is a real person you know mm-hmm. you know everything you know who and, and at this point i'm like Raven. this is great a film that has set up how exciting and i'm giving no, them so much credit you're not wrong but that's kind of how this feels and when you learn that the writer well the main writer came up with this in junior year at ucla it's like, yeah, it feels like someone who's just learned how to put together a screenplay like and you're the, putting in yeah, everything you need step. to. Exactly. Yeah, to a fault. To a fault. Yeah. <laughs> it is doing what you mm-hmm. need to do in a movie to give people the information that they need. Um, I'm, I, well, no, I'm with it. I'm really enjoying it up until this point. I think the detective is ridiculous. I think <laughs> the my, like, there's a lot of bad acting going on all over the place. Andy up until yeah. this point is still my favorite. I love him. Any scene with Andy, I'm really enjoying I think the build with Chucky is great. I, the direction is fine. It's very just, you know... I, I think the best thing with the direction is it is... Yeah, it's the pacing, uh, which yeah. I'm enjoying. Not, not necessarily shots or anything like that. But I had assumed that the entire movie, we weren't going to hear or see Chucky do anything. Like, I assumed we were oh, only really? going to hear the pre-recorded things. Just because up until this point, we've only seen... like when you see Chucky running it's camera movements or it's clearly a child running in place yeah. of the doll and so I had assumed so the whole that it was like, like this, because yeah. it was the first one I was like oh they don't have much budget they're coming up with creative ways to still scare you and show what's happening and you hear the little footsteps as the camera's moving really fast and then it slows down around the corner and comes back and I was like oh this is cool they're like this is creative problem solving so I was with it and then I assumed later on in the wrong. movies. Yeah, no, you see it later on. But I was like, that's this cool the that they, 80s, they tease Allie. you that way. They still made the movie. And then in the later films, we'll probably see as technology is progressing, <laughs> as they're getting a higher budget, 
they're doing more things with actually showing Chucky. So at nah, this point, I had assumed we would never hear him. We got animatronics, baby. Yep. Um, so they go into school. Andy's taking Chucky with him. I like that there's snow outside and we've got some, I don't know, the city's got like, some flavor here, which is kind of cool. Chicago's an interesting city anyway. Um, Andy's outfit, fantastic in this scene. <laughs> the little <laughs> like snowsuit thing. Yeah, it's so good. Love yeah. it. Uh, he goes in and then when his mother leaves, he creeps out again gets on a train um i initially had written down no one's questioning this and then i thought about it and i thought you know what in the 80s this does it did happen quite a bit in the 80s particularly in the big cities like they would things weren't quite as dangerous as they are now but going to the area of town he's going to (laughs) as we'll find out yeah i was gonna say in chicago questioned that's a little uh so they're very much implying that chucky is whispering him directions throughout this uh and then they end up in a bad part of town, walking through lots of homeless people everywhere, end up at a derelict house. Andy puts Chucky on a chair uh, outside the house and then goes to pee. Uh, <laughs> so Chucky just runs off immediately. And we see a true slum house. It's got rats everywhere. There's a guy sleeping, uh, who we presume is Eddie, with a gun under his pillow. Uh, Chucky's hand, uh, we see it, yeah, some more, some more <laughs> POV with his hand as it's opening an oven. How does he get the pilot light to go out? It just know. sort of goes out. But anyway, pilot light goes out. Yeah, that's a good so point. T- he turns the gas on. I was like, am I missing a trick? Is there a way to do that? I don't know how to do it. Or should I be worried? Is it- anyway, is he blowing on it <laughs> off the screen? The <laughs> come. <laughs> uh, so he turns the gas on. And we're gradually seeing more and more of him. Little by little, they're showing you know, slightly more of Chucky. Um, and I think they're really smart with that. Then Andy gets back from the longest pee of all time. Um, and kids pee like two seconds they're done like <laughs> he goes off for an old man pee where it's going to take a <laughs> totally. while to get the cogs going <laughs> you got to clean up afterwards yeah. he's just it's ridiculous uh, but he comes back he can't find Chucky and then meanwhile Eddie uh, the guy with the gun wakes up senses someone's in the house so he starts searching around and he starts firing his gun off and he hears it runs towards the sound worried about Chucky uh, Chucky's laughing and Eddie bursts into the kitchen firing off a wild round because he just seems to burst in firing just like <laughs> like cowboy style he's not aiming yep. at anything uh, and the shot of course ignites the gas and destroys the house no surprise there um, so this is our second kill mischievous much more of a home alone kill yeah that's yep. like definitely a home alone kill <laughs> Um, so I don't know how satisfying this is at the moment to horror fans or slasher fans. You know, it's not exactly a great death scene. <laughs> and as soon as he turns the gas on, you know what's going to happen. There's no suspense, really, for me, anyway. Uh, but some production value. A house blows up. Uh, then Karen, the mother, arrives at the police station in the very next scene uh, to pick up a son who Detective Norris uh, has. Uh, and Andy's there with Chucky... Uh, Karen tells Andy no one believes him and if he doesn't tell the truth then they're going to take Chucky sorry not take Chucky they're going to take Andy away from her Um, and I really like this scene as well because Andy then starts trying to get Chucky to say something Um, and he's like telling him to say something Chucky won't do anything so he just and is just spouting his normal lines so Andy starts hitting Chucky and it definitely feels like remnants of something of like yeah this is trying to show because everyone else in the room other than Karen who obviously doesn't think her son's a murderer and us the audience is thinking well he's showing violent spats as well and he's hitting this doll thinking that the doll talks yeah clearly this is the disturbed child um 
And I think that would have been a great route to go down and they're not like we already know obviously it's Chucky, so for us it's not working. Uh, but then I guess it is frustrating. I guess that's the effect you're getting here, the emotional thing. It's like you know that Andy's telling the truth and no yeah. one will believe him, and that's a classic cinema trope of the kid telling the truth and no one believes them. Um mm -hmm. Are you feeling that frustration in the scene? Are you with Andy? Or do you just don't care? This is kind of where his acting gets a little bad for me. <laughs> I think he's great and I think he's precious up until this point. I think he is not as good with the more, anytime an emotion has to be higher than his normal everyday life, it kind of takes me out a little bit. Yeah, for me, it's the kind of opposite. Like I, really? I don't, I don't care about the situation at this point, but I'm still, I'm still with Andy. Huh. I, I was with Andy the whole way, but like didn't care enough about what was going on yeah at this point from a story point of view i understand like it's definitely important and i like that they put in there that he starts becoming violent with the doll and clearly you know like we know he's frustrated and he's trying to be like no look i'm right i'm right look i promise and so from a screenwriting point of view it makes sense and i like it but I mean, you it's hard when you're working with a five year old kid, so the fact that they were able to get him to do what he did do is pretty great. Yeah, yeah. I think there are moments where it doesn't work and there are moments where it does for me with him. Um these moments are definitely harder for him to pull off. But I am feeling that frustration. Um I think it's a it's a good scene. Uh, and then he turns and says, like Chucky told me not to say anything otherwise Chucky would kill me. Um, mm -hmm. so a psychologist is there and says that Andy should spend a couple of days with them saying Karen goes home with Chucky no fighting <laughs> no saying no you have to you yeah. can't take my child away from me so alright <laughs> you can have him <laughs> um, goes home with Chucky and here we get we're at the halfway through the film and we get the real turning point uh, so she's looking at Chucky she's starting wondering if her son's telling the truth she starts having a conversation with him saying well say something you little bastard he says, hi, I like to be hugged. Um, we have a good, for me, it's a really good build of frustration. Like, we want Chucky to say something, or I do. Ali, yeah. you're sounding like you were kind of hoping it would go the other way and keeping. being Well, I was just time. assuming it wouldn't. Okay. Which was going to add tension in a different way. Yeah. I would have been okay. happy with I'm, it either way, but it definitely adds tension not ever seeing him move or hearing him say anything other than his programmed lines. So this for me is doing the thing that a film like this should do and it's doing it successfully and that every scene I see Chucky, I want him to break and finally show us how do he really something. is. But yeah. I'm but I'm also really happy that they're not doing that yet and they're pulling me along it. and stringing me out, mm -hmm. uh, which is exactly how it should be. So I feel both excited and happy and frustrated all at the same time. Um, and this scene I think is fucking great even though the mother's... Mm, well, let's just say she's not the... She's not an Oscar-nominated actress. She hasn't won an Oscar. <laughs> well, you wouldn't know that from watching the opening scene of those two. So, yeah, it's new. Yeah, I mean, I was um, watching it, going, I can see why she was cast in Seventh Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Take from that what you will. Uh, so then she finds the box of Chucky, and the batteries fall out of it. That's the name. Batteries not included. Uh, she turns back to him. Turning point. Gingerly picks him up to check for batteries. He has none. It's pretty tense. I like this reveal. Mm -hmm. Then his head turns around exorcist style. So she drops him yeah. under the sofa. Uh, and then she gets down on, on her belly and peers under. 
still seems like an ordinary doll. She pulls him out really slow. And God bless for how, like, the long hair works really well here because she's pulling him out and that hair just, like, pulls back and it does seem kind of creepy. So she tells him to talk and he won't. So she turns on a gas fire and tells him that she'll throw him into the fire. And in a split second, suddenly, animatronic, angry Chucky appears. And his first lines are, you stupid bitch, you filthy slut, I'll teach you to fuck with me. There he is. There's the real Chucky. Uh, his face turns into like a monster as he starts just biting at her because that's really all he can do in this yeah. movie he just bites people <laughs> a lot um, and she flows him away screaming and flees out of the apartment chasing uh, he's already out which I kind of missed he had like already got out um, and he's going down the elevator as she's running down the stairs gets outside and he's already disappeared into the streets of Chicago I fucking love this scene this is the second thing that I remembered with this movie um, and I remembered really enjoying this and I still really enjoy this scene yeah I was taken aback by the strong language <laughs> I wasn't I was really that's the last thing I was I knew he was an evil doll but I was like holy shit they are not holding back and I was like this is definitely not a movie for children I thought it was going to be like a a kind of middle ground depending on what kind of kid you have who might be able to take horror might not be and then I was like, no, this is not, this is not allowed for anyone under the age of like 14 or 15. Yeah. Like my feeling with the, with this scene, um, and like up until this point is that I was trying to, I was constantly battling like whether I was meant to be scared or whether I it was meant to be funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And most of the time I was laughing. <laughs> And just thinking it was crazy and just really dumb and the animatronics just like look crazy and like the bits when it cuts between animatronics to say like a little person running with him mm-hmm. i found really jarring because there was like a clear discrepancy in the size of his head when it was a person in a suit yeah between like and the doll and uh, and in this film i think like they didn't get that balance quite right and and yeah, and I was always just struggling even with this scene where I was like, yeah, what he says is funny, but she's really terrified. So should I feel terrified for her and the, the situation and this big reveal? And I struggled with that the whole way through of just like, like feeling, have like watching it and feeling the opposite of what I think I was intended to feel or at least thinking like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, it was weird. Hmm. Yeah, I think with the Charles Play films, uh, particularly, well, the first three Charles Play films, for sure, it is that balance of, yeah, is it meant to be funny? Is it meant to be scary? From what I've read with them, and for, just for me from watching it, definitely their intentions is to make a scary-ass movie. Like, that's definitely how it feels to me. Uh, and I'm sure the animatronics worked better in 88 than they do now, obviously, 20, nearly 20 yeah. years later. Um, mm-hmm. No, sorry, nearly 30 years later. My apologies. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm. I, so I, here's my thing. I'm not scared because Tamara was sitting here with me. He'd already left by this point. Um, had he left? By, yeah, he had already left by this point. And he gets spooked by these things. And I said to him, "I'm not scared of dolls, and I'm not scared of kids. Um, I'm not scared of exorcisms. They're the ones for me that just don't scare me. These movies, and there's psychological reasons, I guess, for each of them. But or for like dogs, like horror movies, and." <laughs> He said to me, why? And I thought about it. I said, honestly, I'm not scared of dolls. I'm not scared of kids. I'm not scared of dogs. 
and I appreciate this may not be true, but in a horror film, I'm always just like, they're small. Just kick them. Yeah. Like, that's really just yeah. how I feel. I don't find that scary. So I've never found any of the Child's Play films scary. Um, but I do find at their best for them to be a good time. This one, I think it's done good suspense up until this point. Not scary suspense, but just a good kind of gradual build up to when are we going to see this? When is he going to be Chucky? And now mm-hmm. here he is. And this is for me why I pay my dollar to see a Child's Play movie is because I want to see him being a foul-mouthed little annoying <laughs> shit. He goes around mm-hmm. as a slasher icon. Uh, and it's just fun for me. It's just like good fun. It's not... It, but yeah, it's definitely... I'm not laughing at it. And I'm definitely not scared. But I am having fun. Um, so what happens next? Well, she heads over to see Detective Norris. Explains what happened. Chucky is real. He doesn't believe her. What a surprise. Uh, so she tells him that she'll go and find uh, Chucky herself. Uh, she's trying to find out where Charles Lee Ray uh, lived. So he tells her... <laughs> exact address (laughs) in a great piece of policing Uh, but then warns her it's a bad part of town to be in at night time oh no sorry I'm uh, I'm completely wrong on it she's going to go and to where the peddler uh, sold her yes the weird homeless montage where it's her like it cuts between her and different homeless people but with no audio dialogue <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah so she says i'm gonna go to this place he says it's a bad part of town to be in she's gonna go back to the alley where she found a peddler and then the next scene she's at a riverbank with loads of homeless people yeah with no with no sound just music and she's mouthing like silently miming to a different homeless person and it looks like she's like miming that he had bad teeth or something it's like, yeah yeah that's right she's saying he had bad teeth it felt like a naked gun moment. This was very, very weird. Uh, and then she eventually does end up in the alley and it's like a f- homeless party. Like, it's crazy. I don't know. I mean, maybe this really happens, but there's so many homeless people there. Um, and they all seem to be having a fairly good time. They're having sex with each other, <laughs> doing drugs. Like, and then she spots... Some of them are shaking their heads at her, which I really liked. I couldn't tell if that was a dismissal of, oh, you. rich people. You know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> and then she sees the guy uh, she bought the doll from and she pays him but he wants more and then he tries to rape her so the detective turns up does his first useful thing in the film uh, scares them all off and then gets the info from him as to where he got the doll from and as soon as he hears that it came from a burn up toy store Karen can see the detective is upset by this new information that's uh, right so he, he tells her that Charles Lee Ray died there and then there was a cop on that he was the cop on the scene she tells him that Chucky is Charles Lee Ray and he reluctantly or not so reluctantly tells her where Charles Lee Ray used to live um, I was the one that shot him <laughs> yeah so she explains to him that he's next on Chucky's death list so he pushes her out of the car and drives off uh, but he does go back to the station as his interest is piqued to get the Charles Lee, Charles Lee Ray file because you know as a detective studying that for god knows how long He's probably never looked at it before and hasn't retained any of the information that was in that file. Um, And I'm thinking, we haven't seen Chucky or Andy for quite a while. What is going on in this movie? I'm not very interested in the mother's personal journey. Um, We get a cool song of the radio and then Chucky reappears. He's in the car. How long has he been there? We don't know. Was he hanging out the entire night as they walked around homeless people? No clue. 
was he waiting at the police station for the detective? No idea. There he is. Um, He's there. And he starts strangling him. Now, I have a question here. Does it, well, he says, good night, asshole, and then starts strangling him. I thought it was jumper cables, but then the cop seems to have lost the ability to stop the car and get out. So was it brake cables that he's strangling him with? <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't even... I don't know. I didn't give it that I much just, thought. Yeah. yeah I was curious why he wasn't just stopping the car. I didn't know if they were trying <laughs> no. to pull off that they he was just like couldn't breathe and pulled back so far that he his feet were spasming and not operating correctly or if i don't yeah, know that's there's, what a I was bit, thinking, like. there's a bit where he spins the car and then chucky leans forward and then pushes down on the accelerator again yeah as if you just kind of like you push the accelerator and then it keeps it going for a while you know because then he takes his hand off yeah. again immediately <laughs> <laughs> i don't I like if they just could it look like jumper cables i feel the scene just needs them to be break cables and this whole scene makes a lot I don't of know sense. that many people would recognize that though That's I true. would never have thought that just a little pun from Chucky then to do with break cables or something gonna <laughs> breaking your neck or some shit I don't know uh-huh. uh, go down for free uh, <laughs> Chucky then has a kitchen knife which he starts stabbing for the seat I really enjoy the groin shots on this he starts <laughs> coming from underneath somehow <laughs> yeah, and yeah. the detective's just like lifting up trying not to get his crotch stabbed <laughs> at this point this is a pretty long he scene. could stop he's not being strangled anymore Chucky's not that large he can't reach his neck and be underneath the seat I don't know why at he's not point. pushing the brake and just jumping out of the car <laughs> Absolutely. It makes no sense unless I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt and Chucky has done the break cables. It's the only yeah, explanation. Sure. Um, because otherwise the scene is beyond ridiculous. <laughs> um, it's a long scene and pretty elaborate. Like a lot of their budget must have gone to this. Just like we get a lot is admittedly shot inside the car, but we do get quite a few wides of stuff that's happening. Um, and then, yeah, the car actually crashes and it flips over and he's like, trying to he's he's upside down in the car as chucky's running around he's behind him and grabs the knife in that really f- quite funny shot where he sort of his hand comes yeah. up and grabs the knife um and then chucky's saying you can't hurt me you can't hurt me as the cop's shooting him and then he does shoot him and chucky runs away like, oh, realizing he can be hurt again giving you spelling it all out for you ali giving you what you need i know i'm thrilled uh, meanwhile, Karen is at Charles Lee Ray's old apartment. He has sex pictures all over the first w- room that she goes through. Oh, this mural. <laughs> These murals are so funny. Oh, my God. I was busy writing down. All right, I'm halfway through my sentence. He has sex pictures of naked women all over. The- oh, the next room's even crazier. <laughs> <laughs> that first room is just like pages oh. from porn mags. And then the second room is this insane mural of just naked blood rituals. And, uh, He's it's got just style. horrible. Of Charles Lee Ray, and there's like one shot where she, where you see it. You don't see it initially when she walks into the mural room, but there's one shot when she's kind of walking closer to the wall and looking up, and you see Charles Lee Ray with a giant penis. Yeah, did you see that? I <laughs> yes, missed that. <laughs> it's just like it's the one. It's like the part of the painting where he's down on one knee ah. and sort of like looking up, and it's just this giant. Giant <laughs> penis. It's just so horrible. This whole voodoo side of the film, I'm not into at all. <laughs> it doesn't make sense that Charles Lee Ray would be into all this stuff. It's so preposterous. 
But again, looking at the landscape of horror films that year, that's the era we're in. It's all of this Hellraiser-y kind of stuff, like summoning demons and supernatural things. And But yeah, anyway, there you go. She's in this horrible art installation. And then they try and spook us out with the detective behind her, but we know regular-sized people aren't scary in this movie, so I don't know why <laughs> they even bothered trying to do that. Um, so he tells her that they have to find someone called John who's painted on this wall. Um, that's the first time that we see it and he's just discovered that Charles Lee Ray and John used to hang out in all his investigating before <laughs> for this strangler never bothered to go check his good friend John <laughs> or go to his house and see oh look there's a big picture of John <laughs> maybe let's go check him out he's called what Dr. Death or something Dr. Death Doctor... yep. yeah. or John <laughs> or, or John, John. <laughs> you pick um, I'm good with either one now we get our clearest view of Chucky as he has also gone to see his friend John and reveals himself immediately and fully. He's standing upright. We get a full shot of Chucky chatting away. Um, how does this work for you guys? This is our first full shot. Silence. Um. <laughs> Allie? <laughs> I'm good with it. I, I wasn't expecting to get any of this. So the more I see, I'm like, oh, I see. You were just making a really dramatic pause until we saw him. They're just slowly giving you more. So I, I thought it was cool. I do. I, I mean, agree I, with I, Alex that it's clear when they switch from a person to animatronics to someone just moving oh, sure. an actual doll's hand into frame or whatever. But I thought it was cool. Yeah, for me, it, it was, I mean, everything was kind of goofy and funny at this point. So that's just how I, I yeah. took that moment. It was just like, oh, okay, here he is. <laughs> for me, I'm still on the thing of look, looking at it from a scary point of view. No, it doesn't work. But looking at it from having a fun movie, like, yeah, like uh, I like seeing the full of him. I kind of like these animatronics. Yeah, they're goofy and they're a bit cumbersome. Um, but I like it. But again, I'm just trying to get a fun movie out of this. I, I'm still not enjoying those scenes with the mother and with the detective. I am enjoying the scenes where I get to see Andy and Chucky. And Andy's been gone for a long time. Yeah, And he, he was our lead character. And that's really jarring with me at this point. I've, like, I keep having written down, of like, when the fuck are we getting back to Andy? And there is a reason for that, which we'll get to uh, at the end of this podcast. Um, but yeah, so Chucky's found out that he can be hurt and bleeds even as a doll. So John tells him that the more time he spends in the body, the more human he'll become. So we're getting some mythology here, some laws, mm -hmm. our first laws. So everyone take note. The longer he spends in the, in the doll form, the more human he'll become. We have to see how the franchise continues with this, right? <laughs> but then John also tells him that he can't help him because he's an abomination. Which doesn't yeah. seem like a good idea to tell a serial killer doll. <laughs> yeah. Um, said you used everything that I, I taught you for evil. And then he goes off to ring somebody. I'm not sure who. I wrote in my notes that John goes from a hundred uh, zero to a hundred real quick. Like as Chucky he appears does. and he's talking and he's just talking, and then suddenly he's like, "You're a abomination!" <laughs> just, yeah, he does. He just, just like ramps it up. Off. I also feel like um, Doctor Death is an aggressive name for someone who seems to be a nice guy who wants to help people and do good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why is he? He's like, why is he? I don't know why he's. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you're using my death techniques for evil. Yeah, why is your name Doctor Death? 
Yeah, it's a stupid character. Um, and then, okay, so I'm kind of all right with that first law. I like it. Of the longer he's in this body, the more it'll become human and vulnerable. And permanent. Then we get a yep. whole bunch of other law dropped on us, which he tells him, you have to transfer your body out of that, but into the first being that you revealed your true self to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are a lot of gray lines here in terms of, like, what is your true self? Yeah. <laughs> like when how question. what if you talk to a kid but it wasn't cogent enough to understand that you were sentient. So you did reveal yourself but they didn't understand that you were revealing yourself. Like it go yeah. it's both parties <laughs> need to be involved in this, really. Um but that's Andy, so then Chucky laughs and kills John anyways and then says, I have to go, I have a date with a six year old boy. <laughs> Can't make this up. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and he kills John with a voodoo doll of John that John yeah. kept. And John yeah. shouldn't tell Which his he, secrets and, and where to... he told, yeah, where he told Chucky he was <laughs> yeah. hiding his own voodoo doll of himself. Why would you have a voodoo doll of yourself lying around? Ever. Well, no, he, he confided in Chucky and told him where it was and about it. Which Chucky then tells him, you shouldn't share this much information with whoever i don't remember what his exact line was but yeah but why would you even create i tell you what here's the problem with the voodoo doll as i'm sure we all know from personal experience is you know you get drunk one night you hang with your friends get crazy ideas hey, let's, make voodoo let's dolls. see if you make works. a voodoo doll of yourself you can't dispose of it afterwards that's the problem with a voodoo doll of yourself you gotta keep <laughs> You're stuck it forever with it for life. you lock it in a safe because <laughs> you can't burn uh. it you can't tear it apart <laughs> Uh, so yeah it's kind of a cool scene He uh, Chucky breaks the leg of the voodoo doll it's pretty painful the sound effects of this and yeah. his leg breaks and then his arm breaks and yeah and kills him uh, we get the only artistic shot that I've seen in this movie we get a puddle reflection shot next as Karen and the detective turn up just at the moment when John is dying and he tells them that they have to stop Chucky before he possesses Andy um, and tells him that his heart is almost human <coughs> so just kill his heart now we're back to Andy at long last, and I'm so happy. Hey. Uh, he's in a mental hospital. <laughs> he's imprisoned. <laughs> Bars on the like windows. His... Bars on the door. Yeah, I wrote, kid is imprisoned, old school psychiatry. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Aiden's like, they've never you. been to a psychiatrist before. <laughs> and they've gone from last time we saw him, he's talking in a police station. He's not been charged with anything. Uh, A A psychiatrist has said we should keep him in maybe for a couple of days. The mother has given him up and now he's in prison, basically. (laughs) Uh, But he's looking outside and he sees Chucky climbing up the fire escape. Um, So I really, yeah, I like the snow still. I like these bits with Andy. The doctor comes in but doesn't believe Andy that Chucky's there. We got some good crying from Andy, I think, in this scene. He's like, he's all upset. In my notes, I wrote, amazing little crying performance from the kid. (laughs) Amazing little (laughs) crying. Uh, So we get some more PVs. Chucky steals the keys, lets himself into Andy's room. Uh, Keyholes in these movies seem a weird height. They're always Chucky's height appropriate. (laughs) Don't know how I was thinking. (laughs) Um, And this is the third bit of this movie that I remembered crystal clear. So... I've said to you before, I don't find dolls creepy. Uh, I've never been a huge fan of this movie, but I used to think it was all right. This is the shot when Chucky walks across the room and then crawls up onto the bed. 
And I remember seeing this when I was, whatever, 19 or something when I first saw this movie. And this shot blew my mind. It's clearly <laughs> just a child actor or a little person or something, but very, very small because they're not as big as they are in some of those other shots where it's really jarring. But they've got them to do this sort of mechanical walk to try and make it fit, I guess, with the animatronic stuff. Yeah. And I remember watching it and I was like, it's, it, this is animatronics. That's what I thought. I was like, this is definitely <laughs> animatronics. And then it crawls up onto the bed and I was like, what magic happens here? <laughs> <laughs> and it genuinely spooked me out. This was the only shot in the movie that when I first watched it really creeped me out. Um, obviously now... I understand what they're doing, but I fucking, I like it. I really like this shot. I think it's cool. <laughs> Neither of you were mystified by the walking Chucky crawling <laughs> onto a bed. No. Yeah, I didn't have that, no. that same experience. Fine. Or <laughs> Fine, just me. Very happy for you, though. Oh. It sounds like it was pretty magical. Oh, honest to God, this is my favorite shot of the whole movie, like, without <laughs> a doubt. Without, uh, without any doubt. Like, just get to see Chucky in full movement, not shaky cam, not quick cuts, just a long pan, and then the way he crawls on that bed. So now it's not testament to the filmmakers, but just testament to the actor. Like, really good body acting. Uh, Andy, though, has tricked Chucky. Now, clarify this for me, because he seems to run out of the door and then lock Chucky in there, but then lock Chucky's out in the next scene, or in this scene. He goes through the bars. Yeah, he goes. They show him climbing out the window. In the window, yeah. Okay. Uh, so then the doctors are searching for Andy, but he's being terrorized by Chucky in a surgery room. Andy picks up a scalpel. The scalpel's very shiny. I don't believe they would have given this kid a real scalpel, but it looks very metallic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Andy's caught by the doctor, and the doctor's attacked by Chucky as a doll puts uh, electrodes onto the doctor's head and fries him. I thought this kill was cool. I yeah, it, it was cool. cool. I, I thought it looked cool until the final shot where the fake blood like, is coming yeah. out of his face and he looks like the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And there's a the last but little gasp that I thought it looked cool. Yeah, and this is a proper... This is a real Chucky kill. Like, even more... We've had the window so far, which is pretty cool. We had Eddie, but that's just the house blowing up. This is a proper Chucky sadistic kill. Um... And it's just because this guy's in his way, I guess. I don't think he's trying to help Andy in any way. Yeah. Just... Uh, so then we cut and we have a little girl who, without any dialogue, we see is telling Karen uh, that Chucky was there and was looking for Andy because Karen then turns to the detective and says, this little girl just told me that Chucky was here and just looking for Andy. Uh, so she and the detective realize that Andy would try to go home, so they head home. Did this feel weird to you or just very convenient that she could turn at the beginning of the scene because this little girl just gave me all the exposition we need now we, we know what happened shall we go and find him yeah it's all very convenient yeah uh, so the original cut of this movie was obviously a lot lot longer uh, the rumours it was three hours long but confirmed was like two and twenty minutes hmm. um, and there was a huge bit of it which is about this little girl so originally we didn't leave Andy like we have uh, we had this whole bunch of scenes of Andy at this mental hospital and he makes friends with that little girl who's in the hallway. Huh. Um, and then we have a whole bunch of stuff when Chucky's get breaking into the mental hospital. That's longer as well. There's a whole bunch of stuff. They filmed all of this, apparently. No one can find it because apparently they destroyed it all. Um, but Chucky <laughs> is then tricking the girl to help him find Andy. So she actually plays quite a big part in Chucky breaking into the mental hospital finding out where Andy is and stuff uh, but it was all cut 
so all we're left with this little girl's performance is basically nothing um but yeah I, as soon as i learned that i was like this middle chunk makes so much more sense to me because i feel like why have we been away from andy for so long uh, it's because they cut it all out interesting because uh, i guess it wasn't necessary it's not narratively important but there you go uh so meanwhile andy is barricading himself in at home i got written down great kid <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love him um and then an elderly couple see chucky in the lift and as she walks out oh, she yeah. says ugly doll and then we just hear chucky go fuck, fuck you, you. <laughs> that bit was funny uh, Andy's hiding in the closet, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween style. And then he finds a remote control car and a baseball bat and gets an idea. But I couldn't tell for which. I thought I thought he was coming up with a remote control baseball bat hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like Home Alone style contraptions. Yeah. But, but that's not what happens. That's uh, not what happens. <laughs> and then Chucky just appears um, and starts... Uh, oh no no sorry Chucky comes down the chimney that's the thing that yeah really confused me so he's bothered to come up the elevator and then he's coming down the chimney so two questions here why go in the building and up the elevator if you're going to come down the he chimney he checked the door and it was blockaded <laughs> I know but that's a long journey he's got to do and second do electric fires like not electric do gas fires like that have chimneys I don't think they do because it's not a real fire place that yeah. she has they would still have some type of ventilation thing I guess probably would big be? enough for a doll convenient all right all right Let's just go Conf- with that confirmed by alex chimney expert <laughs> <laughs> that's my side hustle uh <laughs> chimney analysis we do have a second uh artistic shot here which i like which is a cool shadow shot of him walking um which i really really like he's just, like doing his stilted walk that he does and we're just looking at the floor and seeing his shadow as he does that um and he's got a weird sort of ritualistic knife with him did he pick this up from john's house or his own house or what's the deal yeah so this knife i thought at one point when it first was revealed i thought it was a toy knife and that it was like it had ketchup and mustard on it like that was the design because <laughs> it had this bit of red and then a yellow like squiggle also um, from the toolkit yeah i thought it was something like that and i was like yeah he's not gonna kill anyone with this toy knife um, <laughs> he killed someone hey, with a toy hammer yeah it's true <laughs> uh, yeah I have no idea where he got his knife from I presume it's another cutscene of him picking it up all you needed is one shot at John's house picking it up or something you know he seems um, to just have a lot of access to knives he always has a knife on him that's true plus he didn't need a ritualistic knife before to transfer himself into the doll so I don't see why he'd need to to transfer it into Addy it seems like a pretty easy process to transfer your soul you just gotta say some French mm-hmm. and you're there touch their forehead so can i just make a a comment about the the yeah the french sort of uh creole that he uses i think it's like haitian creole slash french for the voodoo chant um so it was just a little trivia point i've had or a movie mistake apparently he mispronounces the french words in the voodoo chant um so Instead of saying pouvoir de mort, which is power of the dead, he says poivre de la mort, which means pepper of pepper. the dead. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. No one corrected it's like him. A, 
It's like Ash in Army of Darkness. Well, I basically said all of the words. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, so, yeah, Chucky starts attacking Andy, who runs, hides in the kitchen. We get a sh- shot of Chucky running, which really isn't great. Um, and then Chucky uses the baseball bat to knock Andy unconscious. Meanwhile, Karen and the detective get to the apartment just as Chucky is beginning to do, or right in the middle of the incantation to possess Andy. We get more bad CGI clouds, or not CGI, but whatever it is they're doing. Um, and then Karen gets in and manages to stop him just before it ends. Um, every worries about Andy. No one's giving a shit about Chucky. So they like push Chucky off of Andy, and then they just turn to Andy and go, Are you all right? Are you okay? No one's worrying like... There's a killer doll a few feet away and no one's looking at him. Yep. So then Chucky comes running over and stabs the detective in the shin. Um, and we get a really weird shot. I actually rewound this and freeze-framed it of Chucky coming at the camera and it looks so... They've used all these different iterations but this one looked completely wrong to me. And then when I freeze-framed it, it's Chucky. It's someone in a mask of Chucky but it's not how he normally looks. He looks completely different. And it kind of clarifies to me how good Chucky normally looks because this is like a, like a bad B ripoff of Chucky. Yeah. And it's I remember huge. that shot. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. huge. Yeah. Way too big. Um, doesn't even need to be there. There's no need for this shot. <laughs> Just get rid of it. Uh, then the detective gives Karen a gun and tells her to take care of Andy um, and goes off to find Chucky and then Chucky starts beating up the detective with a baseball bat but Karen shoots him in the leg um, then a gun jams and he throws himself at her doing lots of biting because again what else can he really do Yeah. Uh, so she traps him in the furnace and Andy comes over to help his mom and then lights a match and Chucky says Andy no we're friends to the end remember so Andy says anybody else want to do it it's all you no. mate this is the end <laughs> friend <laughs> <laughs> not, His not a great voice. line reading bless him uh, also in that sequence last sequence there's a there's a nod to the the shining where chucky yes. is thrusting the little knife through the door um and the mother's like screaming <laughs> like over dramatically with each time it goes just like through. slowly just inching like, away yeah, from yeah. it instead of just standing up and holding the handle with her yeah. hands or again just yeah. kick him <laughs> <laughs> just don't let him bite you and you're alright yep. um, yeah. so they, they burn Chucky and for some reason decide to let him out of the furnace so he can wander around their home while melting um, and then I'm confused because they've been told kill his heart and they clearly haven't killed his heart because all they've done no. is burnt him but they decide that's done so they go over to see John I've just got written down fucking idiots he's well also that <laughs> He's done nothing this entire movie. The agent, the agent is useless. He has not done hey, a thing. Hey, he stopped her from getting raped. He <laughs> is sitting on done. the floor and the mom and the child are fighting him. Because <laughs> he like, yep. got a leg wound. It's ridiculous. He took his gloves off very stylishly <laughs> with his teeth. <laughs> Give the man some credit. This is an Oscar-nominated actor you're talking about, Allie. I don't buy um, it at all in this movie. So Andy sees that Chucky is gone, and then a fucked-up, burnt, smoldering Chucky comes at him with a knife. I love this Chucky. I find this genuinely 
genuinely cool and creepy. Like, there's something about his little white teeth and this sort of melting face of black ooze With the little, and the metal eye bones popping. sort of peeking through. Yeah. Like, I I think it looks fucking cool in this. I really do. Uh, and it's a little bit of a nod for sure to the Terminator as well. Um, love it. This is my favorite Chucky in this movie. Uh, so Chucky chases them through the house. Karen fires a shot at Chucky, takes his head clean off, but he keeps coming. She takes another shot, his arm clean off, right arm, which is a theme with these movies. So uh, Then another shot takes his leg clean off, and he's crawling across the floor in definite Terminator style. Um, and we get, yeah, some, there's some cool music in this as well, some weird, like, disjointed noises in it. And then she shoots where the heart should be, and stuffing comes out. Which is a surprise. Not really <laughs> canon with anything else that's been going on so far. Um, and then Mustache Cop turns up in a ridiculous jacket. <laughs> <laughs> What's he wearing? Is he ever... <laughs> is he... <laughs> he looks like he was just at a disco and then got called in. <laughs> uh, and he rings up the police in the best phone call ever where he just picks up the phone, rings the police, shouts some stuff at them, doesn't give his police badge number or anything or any context puts the phone down immediately after shouting at them and then says they'll be here in 10 minutes <laughs> uh, but then of course he doesn't believe them about Chucky they're trying to convince him um, so he goes to check the less sofas of Chucky they've told him whatever you do do not touch any part of Chucky so he brings back Chucky's head uh, and then Chucky's body bursts through an air vent and starts to strangle moustache cop the detective shoots him in the heart. There you go. Does something useful. Finally. Uh, and we get a really funny sort of slow-mo shot as blood goes everywhere. And Chuck is like, <laughs> At this point, I've written down, what a weird film. <laughs> <laughs> this whole sequence is just so strange. <sighs> yeah. Um, and then it's kind of cool because you get his head and he does the hi I'm Chucky wanna play and as he's doing the play his voice turns from Charles Lee Ray back to regular Chucky doll yeah um, again giving you all that information you need Ali the film is over the soul is left Chucky's <laughs> over the detective turns to Mustache Cop and says you believe me now and Mustache Cop goes yeah but who's gonna believe me yep it's the exactly. real question which I do kind of like because in these movies they tend to either go one way or the other and I do like that people I, it's satisfying to see people go oh fuck alright you're <laughs> right but it's like but no one How else will believe how the fuck are we going to explain person. that yeah yeah someone's going to jail for sure <laughs> after this because yep. it doesn't like they're all going to a home together uh, Andy looks over at dead Chucky his mum leaves him out of there and then we get a freeze frame just before the door closes of Andy looking through kind of creepily and then creepy quiet music comes in and the film is over credits <laughs> such a funny end such it's a so funny weird end. I don't understand this freeze frame I feel like it's the kind of freeze frame you do when you're like or was it Andy all along or is he dead <laughs> or is he now evil after like you know it's a soul gone into did Andy did the soul get like, in yeah that's what yeah like it, but I'm not getting it really it's I mean clearly no because it didn't happen in the incantation scene it's I don't know this is a weird last shot for me don't like it <laughs> but there you go that's our movie Charles Play took us a while to unpack lots of things happening and then fucking 
now is under an hour and a half long isn't it that movie yeah it is it's i think 87 minutes <laughs> wow um so there's an alternate ending uh which is spoken about in the commentary where mike is actually the one who kills chucky by decapitating him with a baseball bat uh which is stupid because <laughs> baseball cats can't decapitate things um, but if you slow down, apparently, I didn't check this out, but apparently if you slow down the scene, there's a shot at the end. If you slow it down at the end of the shot, you can see the baseball bat coming into frame just before it edits out. That's hilarious. <laughs> God. Um, uh, let me get into a few other little facts before we can give our opinions. Uh, so in the original script, and this is the big one, it was a very different film. Uh, so in the original script, Chucky would do Andy's subconscious bidding. The plot centered around a good guy's doll, which had late, they have latex skin and blood. And this was like the real commentary on toy merchandise and like, this is how real we're gonna get with our dolls. They're gonna have latex skin and blood. And if a kid ripped the latex skin, then it would go and buy official good guy bandages to like re-bandage up their doll, basically. So Andy's this really lonely kid and he makes a blood pact with the doll, bringing it to life. And whenever he goes to sleep, Chucky then comes to life and took out Andy's enemies, which in this film is the babysitter, which is why the babysitter died, because that scene remained. In a later film, it's the teacher, but we'll get to that. Um, but during... Uh, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, Don Mancini stated about 50% of the finished film does retain concepts from this original script, uh, even though they obviously changed it completely, but lots of the scenes do remain. John Lafia then came in. He added all of the voodoo mythology and created uh, the character of Eddie Caputo um, and a lot of thanks stuff for your contribution because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Don Mancini really wanted it to be just a, a you know a thriller and uh, you wouldn't know if it was Andy or not and if it was in his head and all this stuff um, that would have been cool during the initial release of this a whole crowd of protesters formed around the entrance of MGM calling for a ban on the film uh, claiming it would incite violence in children. And we are going to get to some sad stories about that later on uh, when we get to Charles Play 3. But at this point, don't need to touch on that. Um, the film was released on November the 9th, 1988, which was the same date as the opening scene it set. Spooky. Spooky. Uh, all of Brad Dura's voiceover work, and I find this interesting as a filmmaker, all of his voiceover work was recorded in advance of filming anything. Um, and then they would play back his tapes on set against Andy to work against, basically. Hmm. Um, the My Buddy toy line apparently never recovered uh, from the bad press that this movie gave the look of their dolls. I'm not convinced with that because I find a lot... I find, like, Teddy Ruxpin's not doing great these days either. I don't think it was anybody's fault. It's just things go out of fad. I'd never heard of a My Buddy toy line before anyway. And I would say that this film would make more people buy your my buddy dolls rather than less people but who, what do i know um john don mancini and john lafia uh the creators of this were both barred from set because they were threatening uh, to sue the director tom holland over a writing credit dispute so neither of them were allowed to be involved at all in the shooting of this movie um what else do we have oh yeah after the film came out mgm and united artists disowned the movie uh, so everything we're going to see afterwards, Universal came in and picked up the rights uh, for the sequels. 
And we didn't get a sequel until 1990, so only, what, three years later. Um, so not as quick as the Fridays, but quick enough. So there yeah, you so go. I was reading about that uh, MGM letting it go. Apparently, MGM was going to be taken over by some other production company or studio who wanted to have more family-friendly content. So they dropped it and Universal bought it, and then that company that was going to take over MGM didn't end up taking over MGM. <laughs> oh, no way, really? <gasps> yeah. Yeah, so, it makes more sense for Universal, though. I don't think MGM... I don't know. They don't really have many contemporary horror, do they? I don't think. Um, not many people die in this movie. Uh, you brought up earlier, Alex, body counts in films. Um, any of you want to hazard a guess how many people die in this film? I or, think it is four. Four. So, yeah, you're right. They like to, so on the official body count list, they like to count Charles Lee Ray because he dies at the beginning of the movie, but he doesn't really die. They also like to count Chucky at the end because he dies at the end of this film, but there are sequels, so he doesn't really die. So, yeah, there are only four victims. Uh, we've got Maggie Peterson, we've got Eddie Caputo, uh, John Bishop, uh, and then Dr. Philip Ardmore, and that's it for proper deaths from Chucky. Very low body count. Um, for a very weird slasher icon. <laughs> so, guys, how you doing? Doing That's well. The <laughs> that is the end of the beginning of a new journey for us. Sure um, is. Who should we go with first? Alexander Chard, as the person yes. who was so excited to get back into Child's Play. Did it let you down? How do you feel about it? Are you going to recommend it to people and are you, what do you want from a sequel? Are you excited about a sequel? Uh, so, yeah, I was very excited going into this when I started watching it. I forgot to mention this at the start. When I started watching it, uh, my wife, Bethany, was in the kitchen. And I shouted out to her, come on, you're missing this. And her response was, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Touché, Bethany, touche. Um, <sighs> And so I guess I guess my expectations, because I had that memory as a kid of saying to my cousin who was scared, this is going to be funny, this is going to be funny. I think that, I, I guess, informed part of my expectations of what this film was going to be like. And the memory of like, well, if I wasn't scared as a kid, I'm not going to be scared now. But I guess I also still had expectations of a slasher film a sense of horror, a sense of that like tension and stuff. And for me, I just didn't get any of that in this film. I, I will admit, and as I said through the podcast, there were some bits that were really cool and, and how they kind of played with the reveal of Chucky. But overall, as a film, um, I was constantly... I mean, I was literally laughing out loud and then having moments of sort of wondering whether I was meant to be laughing out loud. Was that intentionally meant to be funny or am I laughing because it's stupid? And I kind of got to the end of it and I felt like I was laughing at that for most of the film. And and I wasn't... There were no points where I thought, okay, I can sort of see that that was trying to be scary. And, and you brought up our like, yes, it wasn't scary, but were you having fun? And for me... I was having fun at the expense of the film. I just thought it was so bad that that I wasn't 
I couldn't give it a pass of like, well, this is still fun. This is great. Like I, I was just, I just thought it was really stupid. Um, I thought Chucky, the the jump between the animatronics and the people playing Chucky was just like really jarring. Um, and, you know, and that's it. I just didn't, I didn't enjoy it. Like, um, and I guess sort of moving forward from here, be interesting because i can't remember which one i saw as a kid i think it was two or three um so moving forward i like i want to again explore that memory of like okay is it fun and i and, and i've seen bits of the other ones ahead in the franchise as well so i i have a sense of the chucky character and what he becomes and how much more defined he becomes so i'm anticipating that but i feel like for me i want more horror elements and to feel more like a horror film moving forward even though i know it's still going to be kind of stupid and funny because it's chucky but i at least want to have fun with that i want to enjoy it not just laugh because i think it's stupid um which i find interesting because this is such like a big franchise and i think of elm street which started off so strong like that first elm street film on its own is just such a cool horror film and then it kind of then just starts to slowly descend and then really descends into just crazy stupidness i find that this is interesting that for me it's like this is like if i had seen this when it came out in the theater would i have gone to see the next one i don't know because i don't i really don't rate this i don't i don't recommend this film is where i've where i conclude like it's just i, I just didn't have uh as much fun with it as I was expecting and I just thought it was it was uh, just so ridiculous that it that it was bad yeah that's me <laughs> that's like <laughs> wow okay. I'll be honest the I wasn't expecting you. I was expecting like because you were so excited I thought okay Alex is going to least enjoy the first one we'll see where it goes though from there on out because things go to some very weird places in this series um, but yeah it's tough when you start a horror franchise and you don't enjoy the first one which normally is you know is in any franchise the first one's normally going to be the strongest obviously exactly um so to start off on a bad Here foot you must be looking forward to the next seven <laughs> weeks <laughs> <laughs> we shall see we shall see um do you i mean sorry i didn't prep you guys with this but i want to get back to we didn't do it on texas chainsaw uh but i want to get back to giving sort of rough scores as well and then when we get to a wrap-up we can revamp those a little bit uh but on nightmare and friday the 13th we did out of 10 and we you know, on a 20 point scale uh we'll let ali say how she felt about a film and alex you can maybe have a think about that um while sure. she while she reveals <laughs> what her fresh millennial eyes felt so of child's play one uh i mean i mentioned this at the beginning and i still i'm i'm still not sure if i think my opinion of this movie is definitely framed based off of how Texas Chainsaw Massacre made me view <laughs> horror movies for sure so it's I mean we've already sh- broken you this is so gratifying I mean it's like those movies are just they're really not well developed or thought out and you leave with a lot of questions so for this I was it's silly but I was excited that they were doing what movies are supposed to do you understand what's happening in the movie which is important <laughs> um, 
so i i mean it's there's definitely a lot of bad acting there's definitely i'm not always with the little boy but he i am also acknowledging that he's a little boy and it's hard to get kids to act and having a five-year-old do what he did do is still impressive um i still empathize with him he's a cute kid um i was taken aback again by like the crudeness of chucky which was kind of a fun surprise i kind of like that it went in that direction um so going forward i would i want to see more of that like i just want chucky to be like filthy like i want to laugh out loud at him saying ridiculously horrible things so i'm <laughs> you may you may be in luck i'm hoping that happens because <laughs> it only really happens with i mean he says like bitch and fuck but he like the main line that I was like, holy crap, is when, is when he like set, talks to the mom. And I loved that because it was like shocking, which maybe it, if, if they overdo one. it, it won't be so shocking and it might get old. But right now I'm hoping for more of that. Then you may not be in luck. <laughs> I may not be in luck. Well, yeah, because it might be overused a yeah. little bit. Well, we'll see. For now, I'm excited for it. Later on, I might change my mind. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed this going through it it has its problems i'm not leaving with nearly as many questions as i left with almost every single texas chainsaw massacre movie so i'm satisfied with that and i don't i'm not scared by it but i don't really scare easily most scary i don't it's very rare that a scary movie will freak me out i'll jump at jump scares just because of the fact that it's a loud noise and that's surprising but it doesn't i don't really scare from mo- any movies, really. Tough guy, eh? I'm a, I'm a tough I'm guy. scared of the movies, eh? <laughs> I, think I get way too much enjoyment of watching people be scared. So, like, when I went to see It in a movie theater, I was having the best time listening to other people scream and watching them squirm in their seats than I was seeing it by myself and trying to let myself feel scared, if that makes sense. Ali, we're going to send you to the prison that Andy was kept in. <laughs> <laughs> just a couple of days. It'll do some good. Just a couple of days. Yeah, so, I was interested seeing Tamro get freaked out just by the beginning. Yeah, that's what's interesting is movies. if Tamro genuinely got scared enough that he was like, okay, I'm going to leave now. Yeah, I think it's also just the anticipation. I think it's the idea of, oh, it's child's play. These are spooky movies, you know? Yeah. So you're expecting it's going to get really scary. And at the beginning, it's a build. And I do think at its scariest, this movie is when it's not showing you things because um, you're not sure how far it's going to go and then when it does it's like oh right it's animatronics yeah and kids and yeah um, and I think that's really going forward something I'll be interested when we get to a wrap up is do any of these movies scare you um, which will be interesting whether you have fun or not I think is really the One barometer thing. we're going to be yeah. more on mm-hmm. um, but if any of them scare you I'll be fascinated by I'll see you Al <laughs> So, Your thoughts? Sorry, no, no. I, I was—I didn't know if Ali had anything else. If you done? No, no. Good? I'm done. That's okay. my spiel. Do you guys have? Do you have scores yet in mind? Roughly? I wrote down a score. I wasn't sure if we were going to do that this time. Hmm. Well, let's start with you. I wrote down. It's always hard at the beginning of these series because they will fluctuate later on based off of how you yeah, feel we'll, about the we other can change films. In the wrap up. But for now, I have this one at a six point five slash seven. Ooh, strong, solid wow. score. Alexander wow. Chard looks shocked by that. <laughs> what what wow. kind of ballpark are you in, Alex? Uh, at the moment, 
as I said earlier, I liked Andy. I liked some. I liked the kind of Chucky reveal. Chucky's. I'll just get straight to it. Four point five. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, what you need in your life, Alex, is to watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Everything will seem brilliant coming off of it. Play. It's great. You're so easily pleased. <laughs> let's just be clear. All right, let's just be clear because you've been calling it narrative, and I'll give you that. But, but there are some. You know, there. I mean, I will argue at the end of this series that at least two of the Leatherface movies are better made than anything in this series. Uh, but when we're talking about narrative, contextuality, and clear, you know, ideas being communicated, for sure. Yeah, no, I'm definitely speaking narratively. Okay. So, that's really surprised me. You've kind of both thrown me the loop. I honestly thought <laughs> that would be in reverse. I thought Ali would be like, no, this is boring. I don't like it. Things are kind of stupid. It's all right, I guess. But And I thought Alex would be like, you know what? I'm kind of excited. This is... <laughs> <laughs> I like and, kids and to and be fair suits. to you, Al, I did recommend Freddy Five, so I can understand why you made Freddy think Six. That. Freddy Six. Freddy Six. Sorry, Freddy recommended. Six. <laughs> yeah, I thought you liked shit. So <laughs> no, I, I like this movie, and it surprised me going back just how much I like it. There's something. Look, the opening I think is awful. I think you should. I hate all the voodoo stuff. I would get rid of all the voodoo stuff if I could. Uh, but it's particularly the opening with the voodoo stuff. I don't need that. I'm happy to get that from a different scene later somehow um, to not have it explained until it gets to John or something like that and suddenly we learn what happened. We're like, oh, okay. Um, but I think Andy's great in this. I like Alex Vincent a whole bunch in this movie. I think he's one of the most just enjoyable. I'm not going to say he's a great actor or anything as a kid, but he's five years old and I think they use him very, very well. Um, the rest are just just nightmares just real nightmares there's nothing good happening from anybody else the mother's just about okay but i like that relationship between her and her son yeah um actually her friend's a good actor her friend's pretty good maggie's good um but i really like it i do i like the slow build there's something antiquated about this movie that i enjoy Uh, i think it has it just has this very old school feel to it that has a slight elegance to it i like the pov shots um i like the build of chucky i do think it's actually very smartly written when they decide to reveal a little bit more and 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 then almost exactly at the halfway mark it's fuck you you fucking bitch you slut i'm gonna (laughs) fuck you up and just like suddenly an explosion i think that's a joyous moment and i think it's well deserved by that point um and then uh, yeah, like I miss Andy in the middle segment. I, I think that's a mistake to pull focus away from him. Um, but then we come back to him at the end. And Burnt Up Chucky, I think, is legitimately great. I think Burnt Up Chucky is fucking cool. Neither of you mentioned it. I'm guessing neither of you liked it as much as I did. I thought it was cool. But he really did it for me. That's cool. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I'm not crazy about this movie. Um, but I like it a whole bunch more than I like Friday the 13th Part 1, which for me, that series started off pretty poorly and built. This one, I think, starts off really solidly. Um, I think there's a good framework there. I would give it the same as Ali. I'd give it a 7 out of 10, actually. Probably more generous than Ali. I think this is a really good, solid start to a franchise with a lot of ideas. Some of them I don't like. A lot I think you could do cool things with. And yeah, I mean, you know, I've seen all of them before, so I do know where it's heading. Um, but yeah, I've, if I 
had seen this at the time, I would want it to then yeah, focus more on the horror of this. I'd want it to be, okay, well, now we know what Chucky is. Don't know how you're going to bring him back. But now that he's, you know, if we can bring him back somehow, we've established his character. Let's make something fun, but let's not forget the creepy. Let's try and build that suspense again. And it's tough when you are dealing with these sort of animatronics. You know, there are, there are stumbling blocks for them with how you do that. Um, I'm happy, though, that we're in an era, at the moment at least, where CGI is not an option. Because uh, I do like... I would rather still see these animatronic goofy effects than yeah. uh, CGI Chucky. Um, ideally, yeah. Like, for me, it's, I'd, I'd sorry, for I was just going to say, because it's, cause it's a doll, you get away with the animatronics here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, do th- I you think you're I mean? right. Like, I think it's more the jarringness from going from real person to animatronic doll. Uh, yeah. The animatronics kind of work. Because, yeah, you feel like he would be stilted in some way. I agree. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I do recommend this movie. I think it's a good film. I don't think you're going to be scared by it. Um, I think there's some really bad bits which will make you laugh and you should laugh at them. I do think they were trying to scare you, though. So I do feel that's a failure on their end in some ways. Mm-hmm. But also just partly time. Uh, you know, the age that this was made in. It's very different from now. Um yeah I like it it's very hard for me I normally get to end a horror film and you're either really sticking up for it or you're really just going out of shit and I just go like yeah I thought it was a good solid movie and I enjoyed it and I would watch it again at some point yeah I'm really interested to see uh, how my once I get a kind of better sense and balance of where these films are and what they are which maybe wasn't where I was at with this one sort of my expectations going in as to what it was and my memory of yeah, what it yeah, was yeah. it'll be interesting as we progress through this franchise how that shifts and certainly when we get to the wrap up if, if my feelings have changed on have changed on the first one on this one <laughs> well but for now yeah, yeah. no <laughs> <laughs> you also haven't seen any bad horror films in a while so maybe you're just adjusting back. that's true that's true <laughs> but I do I mean legitimately for me this has elements of a good solid decent film i do think the direction is solid for the most part um the acting unfortunately isn't and that's where it really falls i think if you had better actors in this script it would work a lot better there still be dumb contextual moments but uh yeah i think that's a shame because i think there's a more adult movie here and i can see those elements that don mancini originally wanted for it to be more of a serious commentary uh, boiling underneath before it gets off the rails <laughs> into craziness mm-hmm. so there you go that was our first uh, review of Child's Play 1 in 1988 we will be back uh, next Friday to tackle Child's Play 2 creatively titled <laughs> uh, no subheading just Child's Play 2 uh, from 1990 you can head over to wearegeeks.com uh, to check out everything that we do head to our social medias head to our itunes weirdgeeks.com will branch you out so you can subscribe uh leave a star rating leave any comments and we do a topical uh what do we do a topical podcast every single week on tuesdays just simply called geeks where we talk about movies and games reviews box office news all that stuff um and then we also do every single friday one of these horror retrospective franchises We've done Texas Chainsaw, we've done Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Invasion of Body Snatchers. We've done some non-horror ones like Danny Boyle. Um, and yeah, there's plenty more in 2018. Star Wars is coming out. Oh yeah, Star Wars we're in the middle of right now. So you can be listening to that on Wednesdays and Saturdays. 
Um, and if you're on warriorgeeks.com, you can also head over to our Twitch channel through that to see some of the sporadic content we do on there. Or email us directly through wearegeeks.com or simply at mail at wearegeeks.com to lend Woo. us your feedback, tell us what you want us to review, or just to shut up. Whatever you want. We won't listen, uh, we won't but do feel it. free to tell us. But you can still. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and while you're on wearegeeks.com, why not hit that little badge that says we are Tessellate? There are publishers. Production company run out of London, LA, and Tokyo, making their first feature film right now called Starfish. And if you want to learn about our first feature film, Starfish, then go to our regular podcast on Tuesdays. We give little updates on there. And our websites will have some stuff and our social medias. I've been your host, Al White. I am Mr. Al White on all the social medias and also on Xbox, where you can play only Friday the 13th with me and nothing else. Uh, Alexander Chard. <laughs> you can reach me on Twitter or Instagram. At Alexander Chart. Tell me what you think about Chucky 1, uh, Charles Play. One, <laughs> <laughs> it's you think not it's called, called Chucky, Chucky 1. one. <laughs> I legitimately, <laughs> please do, <laughs> honestly, find us on social medias or email us at mail at weirdgeeks.com because I want to know do people still like this film? Does it, is anyone scared by this film? I think is what I really want to know. Hmm. Um, or is it just yeah. a, a bad, good time? Allison. You can send me mean tweets that I'll never see because I don't get on my Twitter, but I would love it if you sent them. And you can find me on Instagram as Ali Sue. You have a uh, you have some good content on your Instagram. Thank you. You're welcome. That's all I'd say. I had nothing else <laughs> to say. Just that broad sweeping. A little promo. Statement. Excellent. All right, we'll see you next Friday for Child's Play Two, and we're out. Bye. Geeks. Geeks! <laughs>